to go. And we're live. <coughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, first and foremost, uh, I am David Webb. This is Danny Phantom. And today we have Travis Duda. And uh, so, Travis, um, you have you wear a bunch of different hats. Uh, we're going to talk about a few. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start on the artist front? Sure. That's kind of the one I'm pursuing most actively at this moment. Cool. Uh, so, Travis Duda, uh, random introduction, I guess. Uh, Worcesterite, been here about 10 years. Uh, I haven't felt as connected to a city as I have Worcester, Massachusetts, which hey. is odd. Um, I have pursued creative endeavors my entire life. And over the past year, I've been putting together this Floaty Friend series, which is a uh, series of paintings. Essentially, they're ghosts, but they're really the depiction of spirits or... Danny, has anybody ever asked you what color is your spirit? Yeah, or aura before. Yeah, yeah. You've been asked that. Yeah, aura, what color, yeah. What color is your spirit? <coughs> I don't know. Somebody said... Somebody told me one time that I had an orange aura. Okay. So I didn't know what that meant, but... um. Yeah, if I if I had to pick, I would say maybe like a purple violet. You know what I mean? See, David, has anybody asked you? Um, no. People, no. People told me I have a fun or cool aura, but but no one's told me a color on it. Yeah, it's a question that I hadn't pondered until I got served this TikTok video where this dude's asking the question to, and just for the sake of this conversation, mm -hmm. for the elements of what happened in this video, it's a black man asking a white man the question. The black man asked, what color is your spirit? And the white guy's sitting there being like, oh, I guess it's kind of tan. And he's like, no, I didn't ask what color is your vehicle. I didn't ask what color is your skin because we all have these vehicles where all this skin, but mm. inside, and I'm going to paraphrase here, we're all these fried bologna sandwiches. For all intents and purposes, we shouldn't exist the way we do. Right. And inside is these these energies in our nervous system, in our heads, like... It, it all kind of just reverberates. And that, to me, is what I think the embodiment of spirit is. Word. And when we're mad, we're pissed, we're seeing red. When mm. we're sad, we're seeing blue. Like, these are all kind of like color depictions of what we feel as human beings. And we're far more similar in that sense than yeah. our vehicles show. Yeah, yeah. And it's, fu it's funny you say something like that because I saw, I forget what, I want to say it was like a... Some dude using like some sort of vibration machine. Okay, but he was he was essentially um, dialing it back to what you said, where he was pairing moods to like colors on like a vibrational scale. It was like kind of I forget how the like I forget the the concept. It's just you you rang that bell in my brain that was like I remember hearing about a concept like that before, where it's like these colors are associated to certain vibrations, which are associated to our moods and and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So you're touching on like. So color in general, right? I'm yeah. a trained graphic designer. I've been studying color and words and images for years, right? right? So one of the things that I understand is that we don't see color. We don't see shit, right? Mm -hmm. We see light reflecting off of shit. Right. So like this high-vis shirt that you're wearing, this the light coming off of this is bouncing at a higher frequency than mm -hmm. David and my black shirt. Right. Because the uh, black is absorbing, absorbing more. more light. Yeah, yeah. So in that same sense, when you have a higher energy, you're definitely a brighter color. Yeah. And this whole series is kind of this, oh. just like assembly of these these spirits or this idea, playing with different colors, playing with different oh. combinations, and just seeing really what comes out. It's giant experimentation. Yeah. And I'm standing on the shoulders of like Escher and uh, Herring and like all these cats that have done repeated 
simplistic but still expressionistic imagery. Word, mm-hmm. word. And how long has this series been going? Like this specific series, about a year. Nice. Um, it started by accident. <laughs> uh, up until about a year ago, I a lot of my creations were far darker. Um, mm. I'm a reformed metal hardcore kid. I used to sing in a hard, <laughs> scream in a hardcore band. Yeah. I was angry for years without really understanding why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, somewhere in the lockdown, uh, probably right after my divorce and <laughs> like my re-understanding of who I am as a person <laughs> and my contributions to the world. Yes, that's, I, uh, that's huge. Yeah, dude, it truly, truly is. I uh, kind of paused and reflected and I poured a lot of this this angry energy into this series and it was going nowhere. I call the whole series Mind Games. Um, it's going to be shown eventually because these images are, are far too interesting and there's too much put into them. But yeah, not, pardon me for sounding like an artist, like elitist artist, but they're not ready. My my fans, people that look at my art, aren't ready to take in this whole series yet mm. because I don't have enough attention. I mean, they're looking at <clears throat> you for floaty friends, this happy, fun. I mean, the, these friends. The friends didn't exist at this point. I was super, super dark. And then when I realized that nobody was paying attention to these images because they were a little too dark and too intricate, I got really frustrated. Mm. I sat in my studio with a whole shitload of uh, paint, and I just started attacking a canvas. I had seen this video on TikTok, once again, where people were dragging out shapes with um, acrylic, I don't know, presses Mm. or whatever or uh, spatulas, and they were dragging these cool checkerboard pattern. And I'm like, that's cool. I want to try to mess with a checkerboard pattern. <laughs> no, I sh- I'm, that looked awful. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mine looked like off. It looked like dicks. I'll swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Seriously. How the hell did you make manage to make <coughs> checkerboards look like dicks? That's because funny. they didn't stand nice and squared off. They all kind of just drooped. Like drippled, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like long. Oh, okay. Uh Wait, 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 wait. So you did it vertically instead and made go... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it basically, you're you're not far off from the truth. I was like, well, these don't look like checkerboard, but these kind of look like ghosts. Let's Mm. see what this happened. And I had drawn these kind of long, like, streaky ghosts and other creations, but I hadn't filled an entire canvas. With them, yeah. So I filled this entire canvas, uh, 16 by 24, I believe. And, um, 18 by 24. And, uh... I, I get done with it, and I draw all the little eyes with a white-out pen, and I'm stoked on it. it there's no faces other yep. than the eyes, um, and they're just spastic. It's all over the place. It's crazy colors. Mm-hmm. It's really just unlike anything I'm creating. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. I put it up online, put it on my feed. It yeah. gets a lot of f- positive feedback. And at the time, my friend Emily was throwing her senior art show, which is over at the JMAC, Jean McDonough Art Center. Yeah. She was open call for for submissions. So I'm like, all right, I got this thing that I'm calling We're All Friends Here. Um, I put it, you know, give it to her to put it in the show. She's like, hell yeah, I want to show this, uh, which was stoked. Super cool to work with her. Um, But she asked me for a price. And I'm like, I don't really want to sell this thing. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really cool. This could be the start of something interesting. I put $1,800 on it because, you know, screw it. Everything gets a price, but I don't really want this thing to move. The fucking last day of the show, some dude came in on a whim and bought it. Son of a bitch. Just bought it. And at this point, I was like already interested, so I'm, I'm creating. <laughs> yeah, you're like. <laughs> I'm creating number two and number three and number four and number five. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing like, all right, well, we're all friends here. They're really floaty. These are really the floaty friends. Yeah. And then this, di- this dude buys it, which increases the. Your intrigue was like, boop. 
and now I'm I'm, I'm just following it. Yeah, and- I genuinely don't know where it's going to go. Right. I genuinely like. I keep getting interesting ideas. Um, yeah. And like, I've been traveling with my girl. My girl, oh, she would hate that I said that. I'm traveling with my partner Nikki, uh, and. Um, We've put up some of these ghosts so far. Like now, we put a bunch of them out in California. I put some shit up in uh, uh, England, like London area, and I don't know. It's just, like just painting them randomly, like more like stickers. Style? Oh, stickers, 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 stickers more than anything. And I got stickers for y'all too. Sorry, oh dude. my god, yeah. I hey, I'll put so, them on my hard hat. So, if, frankly, at this point, I need to just regularly put stickers around Worcester, uh, and I'll just add these into in my the pod rotation. room. We should we should fucking uh, dedicate a wall in the pod room to oh, like Miss Worcester. Yes. Right, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this one. Oh, that is so fire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Those, yeah. Those the okay. Sick, so afterwards, dude. we have to figure out where we're putting that in this. Um, but that is what we're doing with, I guess, that wall right there. We're going to cover the, the one with the giant X on it. Exactly. Let's Aha, start with stickers. <laughs> X marks the spot. Let's cover it with that wall with stickers. So yeah. So you said uh, you'd been living in Worcester for ten years. Uh, well, first, how old are you? Me, you I am thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Like okay. Nice. So when you were twenty-eight. So, so where did you come from when you were twenty-eight? I mean, you, I, I, I would assume you had a, you've had a lot of life experience at that oh. point. Oh yes. Sorry. Yeah. Sparkly edge ones are so. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's sorry. Sick. I just remember I have one more for y'all. Uh, so, all right. Full story. Uh, and I'll do the abbreviated version because it's out there. And yeah. wants to listen to Seltzer Time, you'll find <laughs> it. Um, born and raised in Connecticut, Waterbury area, town called Watertown. Um, yeah. Moved to all right, so went to school in New Britain, uh, Central Connecticut State University. Lucked my way into this amazing design program put on by a woman named Sue Vale. She recognized that a lot of the studio, a lot of the design schools were really only offering these kids aesthetics, understanding of how to create nice things, but not necessarily why, or more importantly, how to sell yourself. Mm. So coming out of school, my degree is in information slash graphic design because that was the other huge element of what her curriculum was built on was the importance of communication. Yeah. Uh, quickly, if graphic design is more about communication than it is about aesthetics, if my design can't get you to do the thing I want you to do, mm-hmm. buy the product, turn down the direction, you know, Click follow it, it has failed. Right. And right. it sucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so having that real simplistic understanding of what design is has helped me immensely. Yeah. And it's helped me become a better communicator in so many other facets of my life. But I only applied to one school. I took an ASVAB test in high school, and they recognized my undiagnosed ADHD and my kind of like creative intrigue. And like, yeah, you might want to consider graphic design. Word. So I just did it. Valid. Word, word. And it, and, it, and it sounded like it worked out. It worked out. So yeah. I lucked out and I figured out very early um, kind of what mm-hmm. I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in college or in high school, I played in bands. In college, I was in this hardcore band and we toured up and down the East Coast for a bit. Yeah. Signed to an indie label. And, and What was the name of the band? Vengeance Over Victory. Vengeance Over Victory. Dope, man. I feel like I feel like I probably... I'm, I'm not in that scene whatsoever. Respect. But a lot of my family, like, actual family is, like, all about that. We didn't get into Mass very much. We played a okay. lot of shows in upstate New York, Connecticut, Maine, because that's where our uh, independent label. Bro, I'll be honest. Maine some like, Dude, <laughs> Bucksport, Maine has this fucking awesome club called The Cave, and it's ran by this lady named Kathy. Uh, and she has created such an awesome experience for bands. Word. We'll, we'll get to all this, but, yeah. like, I have... In my travels through my days, I have been cherry-picking these really cool ideas and 
my goal in life is to assemble all these interesting bits into the thing that I'm ultimately building. Yeah. I don't necessarily know what it is quite yet, <clears throat> yeah. but my experiences are leading me towards something. Right. It's going to be fucking cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. As pretentious as that sounds. No, no. Uh, so, played in bands. Uh, while I was in the bands, I recognized that I needed to make money because I really couldn't make money holding yeah. down a normal job. Yep. I was working for a t-shirt shop, but I was working like 40 hours a week and getting paid $100. That was its own mess wow. of a job. Uh, one of the dudes was playing in a band that was on OzFest, this band Barrier Dead, which is oh, actually yeah, from around yeah, yeah. here. Of course, yeah. Uh, so I was working for the bass player down in Connecticut at his t-shirt shop. Anyway, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> during the band days, I recognized I needed to make money, so I started selling my services to other bands, designing their t-shirts, designing nice. their album covers, and most importantly, designing their MySpace pages. Yeah. I probably made about five to ten grand by the time I was done designing MySpace Word. pages. Word. So you were which, doing the coding, the HTML and everything? Yeah, dude. Coding, <laughs> barely. Like, it was yeah. such basic HTML. Oh, yeah, dude. You copy it was paste. mostly just Photoshop. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That's perfect. <laughs> so that's essentially where Hunchback Graphics was born, where I was like, all right, the band really isn't making me money. There's no money in hardcore music. Yeah. It's it's a grueling lifestyle. I right. got to concentrate on my school. I got to get out with this degree. I want to do something interesting with my life. I'm going to make this design company. And I was trying to focus on just doing band stuff. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't panning out. Like, yeah. get out of school. Uh, don't really know what the fuck I'm going to do with myself. Uh, my girlfriend at the time got a job in Natick. So I was like, all right, well, I like you, so I guess I'll follow you to Natick. Yeah, uh, from Connecticut. From Connecticut. So moved out of state, didn't know anybody up here, didn't really have a job. <laughs> so for the first few months, I, I sat in this apartment looking for a job and playing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean online, which is a <laughs> stupid thing. Wasted too much time doing that shit. I had no clue that existed, and... Frankly, I'm no longer embarrassed about my time on RuneScape. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean Online? It's, it was kind of like Sea of Thieves before Sea of Thieves, if you've played that, uh, with far less cool things. It was like World of Warcraft set in Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, like a super, super basic MMO. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Hey, fuck it. I get this internship in Cambridge that kind of was shitty, but I was going back and forth on the train. And then I get headhunted for a civil engineering company looking for an in-house designer, which is literally right down the street from where I'm living. Ooh. Fantastic. Fucking men. And then they're offering me far too much money to be a graphic designer. Fucking men. So, Lit. yeah. So I take this job. Little did I know how soul-crushing this job was going to be. And that's why they're offering money, because we uh, can't really keep designers around. Because it's it, a lot. It's, like- it's more of like the, the subject matter is extremely boring. And uh, as an in-house designer for a civil engineering company, your main task or your goal in that time is to explore every version of blue known to man. Because that's about as much as you can get out of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just very basic. It's very <coughs> cut and dry. For yeah. some yep. designers, it's a perfect role. It just wasn't. It wasn't suitable. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like being creative. And not in the sense that I wasn't being creative in that time, right? Because you'd be creative every fucking However, day. yeah. Like, how you tie your shoes in a day can be a way of creating. But it was more of I wasn't expressing uh, expressing enough of my personality and my work, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't uh, scratching the itch that I had. Yeah, it was like robot work. Big time. Yeah. So Hunchback changes its kind of format. And around this time, I meet up with this dude, Dan Lee, who is my business partner to this day. 
around 2010, we put ink on paper and signed a partnership agreement to start up Hunchback Graphics as an actual business. Nice. Pursuing uh, business support. Essentially, what we have built since then is Hunchback prov- uh, prides itself on being the in-house designer that a lot of these organizations and companies need but can't afford full-time. Mm. We really try to support and kind of help grow these organizations that we get to align with. Right. We've had the privilege of working with amazing companies around the city. You know, uh, I've done like the JMAC logo. I don't need to do all that. You can look at the portfolio, hunchbackgraphics.com. Um, but, uh, and then through that, I've also had the opportunity to work with like fledgling businesses. Um, Worcester regional food hub is a great alignment that we made early on. And Sean and his crew over there are doing awesome work, really just uplifting a lot of these underserved voices in our community and providing them opportunities to bring their food to market. Um, So we've, through our successes with some like longstanding businesses, we've been able to tailor our pricing to help these smaller businesses. Yeah. Because in the end, that's really what matters is that Mm -hmm. we spread it apart, right? Mm -hmm. And as a nimble, single-handed, or whatever we want to call us, like a a small design shop. We yeah. get to pick and choose who we work for. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. That's the wonders of, of being independent and, and run your own shop. It's like, hey, you could you could take the jobs you want and you can grow the businesses you want. Like, yo, I believe in this. You know, maybe I'll give you a little discount because I want to actually do this project. You know, that's yeah. way more important than, like you were saying, the robot work. Because I'm, I'm familiar with that, too, where it's like you're just doing it and it's there's no like soul you know what i mean and and being your own like freelancer it's like you could put your soul into everything so that's dope yeah. that's dope thank you i've told a, my, my, a few different employees and a bunch of friends who are going into starting their own business that you, you don't do this for the money you nope. do it for the ability to tell a miserable obnoxious demanding customers to go fuck themselves uh, right? in, entirely true yeah we have a no asshole policy yeah we probably have a no yeah, asshole dude. policy you're, you're on my as, as an artist, dude. There's nothing worse than somebody on your ass, bro. Especially if it's like you're doing them a favor oh and they God. know you're doing them a favor. It's like, fam, come on, bro. That's part of why I never actually got into photography professionally. I mean, part of it was there are so many people who are actually good at it, actually investing in it, and actually organized already doing it. I'll just refer to them. But but the other aspect was these people were paying me to make them look good and make them feel good and. I'm not a therapist. I was barely a photographer, and it was just going to go badly. <laughs> right, right. So you can only do so much, man. Yeah, yeah. customer expectations versus what you're actually offering is, is a yes, huge thing. Yes, 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 I mean, I still deal with that even with the non-asshole oh, clients. Oh, of course, of course. Well, That's, yeah, and then and then you just got to put on the grin and, and, you know. Part of it's the business. Part of it's it, the thing. Exactly, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. It's tough, but then, you know, you have that fucking itch in the back of your brain that it's like, oh, I really wish I could just say go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, there are definitely days where I look at the artistic career versus the independent entrepreneur career, and I'm like, well, <laughs> but I mean, the grass is always greener. I yeah, think if yeah, I got yeah. into it full time, there'd be other shit I would want yeah, about. There, uh, yeah, there always is. There always is. So you started Hunchback. um, and then you came to Worcester oh, yeah. shortly after. Yeah, so uh, somewhere in between like the civil engineering company, I'd broken up with a girlfriend that brought me up here early on. Um, I meet my ex-wife. We moved together to Marlboro. Uh, in Marlboro, she says we should buy a house, so I agree with her. Uh, we start looking around Metro West because that's where my business partner is, and that's kind of where everything I've done at this point right. is. Um, can't really afford that shit. Yeah. So it's, it's even more expensive than yeah, here. Yeah, bro. Yeah. 
So her family's out in Auburn. So she was like, well, let's look at Worcester. And I begrudgingly like, fine, I'll look at Worcester. But I, <laughs> everything I remember about this place is my car getting broken into when I came for Metal and Hardcore Festival. It wasn't oh, yeah, my car, yeah. but the, one of the kids I was with. Right. Uh, we find a house that we both, like, I fall in love with. She was accepting enough of it. Um, buy the thing. I don't know. Something happens within the first three years of moving here where I transition from... I don't know anybody in this city to, oh, this is kind of a cool place. There's some interesting stuff happening here to now I feel connected and I know where to go to do things. Okay, but but let's talk about that, what that something is, because that's awesome and important. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's giving yourself away to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I got hooked up with organizations like Technocopia. I started volunteering with Pow Wow Worcester. Yeah. And quickly went from volunteering to being a to coordinator like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on the board to this day yeah see yeah. so um yeah you you there are different groups of people running around and they're not hard to find you just got to go to where they are you just got to go to the things do the things that's and yeah. be be like i went to these things knowing full well that i didn't know anybody there and i was just kind of put no myself out yeah yeah, yeah 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 but also like I got to just talk to anybody that's willing to talk to me. Right, right. I want to meet people in this scene type shit. Yeah. And now, I mean, now I can't go anywhere without seeing somebody (laughs) I know, which is amazing. That's That's very Worcester. Oh, dude, it's like one of my favorite things about this city. I don't have to go places with a friend because, frankly, anywhere I go, there's going to be a friend. Right, right. right. Especially if you're going to, like, an event that, like, you're waiting for, like, you plan to go. It's like, you you know you're going to see people there. Right. Yeah. So, and, like... To come in this to come in the city right when they started their renaissance or whatever the fuck they want to call that <laughs> shit. I think we're still very much in the early like if you think about this right that that renaissance might be going on for the next thirty to sixty years. Couldn't here. agree more. Right, and I think right now we're still in a very interesting and formative time mm-hmm. that. I'm with a group of like-minded individuals that are trying like hell to kind of rip onto the underground for as long as we can hold it or even stake a claim as to what the underground is in our city. Yeah. I love the idea of Wormtown before the beer. Fuck the beer. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you know, like, the origins of Wormtown? The term? No. Not a single clue, and I want to find out. This dude, LB, right, uh, was on a radio station, I think out of Clark. What's that, WCUW? Is that the one right uh, over there? Oh, yeah. Him and Brian, uh, Brian Gosling. Uh, I know that name. Yeah, he writes, he's an editor for an art magazine. Awesome dude. Great, both great be, uh, great dudes. LB Worm is this other cat. Okay. Uh, they have this radio show, and it's like a punk radio show, and they call it, uh, I think they call it The Underground First, and then it goes to Wormtown. I might be mixed up in there. Somebody can correct me. But essentially, Worcester is so underground that only the worms know about it. <laughs> so this is Wormtown. Uh, and it's fucking awesome. I love dope. that mentality. And then the beer came along, and they asked him for the name, and he agreed to let them use it. And then he went into the first <laughs> day they were open, and wouldn't even give him a free beer. What? And, yeah. So, That's bullshit. So now this dude, LB, has been wearing a shirt that says, Wormtown isn't a fucking beer, all around the city. And he's a big motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he's just a big, stocky motherfucker that you would not want to mess with. Good. Right. Yeah, fuck those dudes, man. So just to, to be honest, I just this is the first time I realized there's an M in Wartown. I assumed that people were pronouncing it, but it was just Wartown. So there is also Wartown, oh. which yeah, yeah, is yeah. the uh, the documentary that Kaz just released. Yeah, 
That shit, yeah. you guys see that? No, yeah, I was in it. This? You were in it? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. I fucking love that dude. I did his yeah. website. Like, he's awesome. He's, he's a awesome. good kid. Okay, he's wait. So, what is this Wartown? Oh, um, Wartown, Wartown Rising. Rising. So, oh, okay. Yes, I have seen you. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Y'all yeah. should talk to Kaz. You should have Kaz on the. show. You should have you Kaz should. on the show. That's an absolute fucking fact. That yeah, game. he's a legend, dude. He's been showing me love for probably over a decade, dude. Before I even met him, type shit, and then. When I seen the documentary, that documentary is so important because for people like me who've been just doing music kind of like selfishly to a certain extent, but also putting themselves out there, it connected so many dots. Like my uncle is in that in that documentary, Spider. No who, shit. Who, who, ran, who ran WCUW, the first hip-hop. No hip -hop, shit. Hip, that's my uncle, Spider. And that's like, dope. And I like... I never connected the dots my whole life growing up. Everybody had told me, yo, Spider's a DJ, Spider's a DJ. But him and my aunt broke up when I was a baby. So I never really, really seen him. I just seen my cousin that is his daughter. And yeah, that, that, that documentary, anybody hearing this, um, go hit up Kaz, go find his page, see when the next screening is. That is one of the most important films Worcester has seen in, in years, honestly. Dude has been working on it for like five, six years. Yeah, dude. It, it's so important, and he tells every aspect of the culture in such a beautiful way. Like, I, I, I left there. I left the initial screening. Wait, you were there at the J-Mac? Yeah. That was it, there, too. No first, shit. Yeah, yeah, the first night. Yeah, no yeah. shit. And uh, I left there, and I was like, I can't wait to watch this again. That was the first thing I said. I want to see it again, but yeah. I want to watch it in my, my apartment. Right, like right. I want to watch like, it in mm, my cozy and pause, ready. so I can like yeah. Google some shit because it hits you with so much information real fast and like, oh my god, I didn't know. Like, I'll be honest, this movie taught me about the um, uh, the riots. I didn't yeah. know anything about the yeah. Great Brook Valley, Valley, Valley yeah. riots. Do you know anything about those? I have not, and that's yeah, something we should. GBV Dude. baby, like. And I spent a summer in Greybrook Valley with Pow Wow Worcester. I had an amazing summer. We, we brought four murals out there. We basically made this little art festival for these kids. Word. These kids got to, like, move from wall to wall to wall just watching these artists work. Yeah. Uh, it was an incredible experience. And I, But, like, going up there, I heard some rumors that it was, like, a rough spot. Like, uh, yeah, there's some, like, bullet holes in the wall or whatever. Right. But, like, all the people we met were all Dope. insanely Great. cool. Like. Yeah. Very just chill. Mm -hmm. We didn't really come in cr to contact with anything. I don't know that sketchy. Right, right. No, I've I've done a lot of different uh, like Craigslist, Facebook marketplace purchases in Great Valley over the past decade, and none of them are like the nicest apartments. But the people there are always respectful and friendly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's never actually that. That being said, I, I get the impression that most of the issues were fifteen plus years ago, and it was also a I don't know, Worcester kind of trying to cordon off all of the, 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 the I don't know. It, it, this That's was what it was, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The River well, Valley yeah. Riots, it's exactly what it was. Yeah. And honestly, if, like, there could be a whole documentary on Great Book Valley itself. Yeah. Anybody could tell you. Um, I never grew up there. I had family members there. I, like, my best friend grew up there and stuff. Like, it's just the, it's, it was literally a village. Like, you, you would imagine, like, the same way they have them in PR is, like, you have everything you need, and all your homies and all your friends live in this little barrio that's, like, one cut off from the hill. You you know, you're going up a hill, there's lefts and rights. You take this one left, and it's almost like a little village, and there's, like, a little bakery and everything and a, and a clinic down the street and shit. Yeah. You know, that's how it was. It and, used to um, be set up like a town within a town. Right, right, right. And it was good and bad to that. Um, but, yeah, anyways, 
Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, that's I wouldn't have known shit about that without, without War the, Town Rising. Right, right. Oh. So, yeah, that shit is so important. Dude. Yeah, that, so we got to – so everyone should watch that and – Watch it, and we're going to talk to gonna, Kaz. Yeah, I think he's going to put it up on YouTube behind a paywall so that if you could toss him a couple bucks to watch right. it. That'd be great. Cool. Dude. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd pay for that, no problem. Yeah, same. And the thing is, too, like – there's so much history in the city. There's so many generations of families that have stayed in this city, including mine, that were around for all that. Like, all the stuff he's talking about is, like, what my uncles and stuff were doing as kids. Like, they would tell me about these jams or, like, at Centro where they would throw these parties, these hip-hop parties and these jams. And I'm like, oh, my God, to see it. Now I'm seeing the flyers for this yeah. stuff. You know, it's, like, really dope. It's Some really of those cool. clubs you told us about. Mm-hmm. Like, so we had them on Seltzer Time, uh, which is podcast Kaz? about Worcester. Yeah, we had Kaz dope, on a while dope. back. And he was telling us about some of the clubs they used to go to. And it was like, dude, that sounds fucking insane. Something like the Midtown Mall shit or yep. like up and down Main Street. Some of these yeah, really down, weird little, yeah. Yeah, down there, yeah. We don't have that. I've we heard don't. about the Midtown Mall. Yeah. I mean, it's open, but it's it's like. Way different. It's, yeah, it's not a, it's Woo not Juice, a though. destination. Woojuice is amazing. The Night Approval is amazing. The Doho Cafe, shout out them. Kerico's food. So you know, imagine, I haven't tried Kiriko's yet. It's yeah. A good tub. yeah, it's good stuff. It's real good stuff. Remitza cooks it all. Shout out Michelangelo. And then... Um, oh, Michelangelo's a hoot. He's a right hoot. next to uh, Denied Approval, um, i seen stickers for Odd by Nature Brewery. Okay. They're out in Maine. I don't know. You, you said you were familiar with Maine, but um, it's a dude. Dude, shout out Jay. Um, old old businessman from, from Worcester. I don't know if he's from Worcester, but he spent a lot of time in Worcester. He opened the Hangover Pub. Oh, okay. With uh, Mike and everything. Oh, but, okay. yeah, he moved away, opened a brewery, and now I believe he's coming back. I hope I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but I saw him in there you saw today. saw a sticker. That's all you saw. I saw stickers, and I saw him in there today. And I said, what's up? But he was on the phone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Midtown Mall is uh, – I feel like it can be a destination again. It's just parking there is tough and too, like – it's got to be, like, there has to be more draw to get people there and stay there. I think it's more, oh, sorry to talk over you, but I think it's more important in the second one than the first. Mm. I think, I think we, us Worcesterites, we need to get over our deal with parking. Yeah. But that's me, me included. I'm, right. I'm a bitch about it, too. I hate it. Um, but we got to get over it if yeah. we're actually going to act like a city. Yeah. But uh, it's the draw. It's the yeah. draw to people downtown that it, that we just lack. Right. Because it's like, it's like, what do people do once we get downtown, you know? like There's only so many options. There's only so much to do. We don't have any theaters. We, like, we don't have a comedy club. We have Wuha. Nah, that shit ain't open. Right? It's not open? Nah, that shit closed. Right. Down. COVID, man. Um, Like, it's just tough, dude. It's tough. When you think of big cities, like... You go to Boston and just fall into shit. But that's exactly it. You know? You go to Providence. Providence, There's nobody that's going to mistake Providence for a city. Yeah. But here we are, Worcester's second largest city in New England. (laughs) I've said it. Fuck me, I've said it. Yeah, dude. We don't act like it. No. 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 As far as the Midtown Mall, though, I think everything there... So, it is definitely about getting people there. So, I think filling it with storefronts. Like, that wine place is going to attract everyone from across the street. All of those... uh, Like, both sides of City Hall. All the condos. Mm. That, that's true, yeah, to come get liquor and shit. Right, that's going to get people in. Um, the Woo Juice is already getting people in. Uh, that being said, I don't know why the fuck they haven't actually properly fixed the floor yet. Like, like at the Midtown Mall. Like, like it's like they're it, trying to... Is there something fucked up? I mean, it's the tiles. Like they Oh, the, yeah, the old ass shit. They read the, the tiles like three or four years ago, and they never actually finished out the corner areas, and they still <laughs> haven't. <laughs> and it's like I'm going in there for like a $10 smoothie, which is fucking amazing, or the, those donuts and chicken, which are a little pricey, but really fucking good. Yeah. Or, or any of the other shit there that's like not 
you know, old downtown Worcester level shit. Right. And there's the, those tiles are still. It's it's They're like staring at you. It's like the it's like the the remains of Dean's past. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I've only been down to the basement once in the past. Like, but, but I've like never been down to the basement. I mean, so so I went to use the restroom, which uh, so it's kind of like it's almost comical. Like you take literally one step off, out of the main corridor, and nothing's fucking changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god. Yeah. It's like a light flicker. Where am I? Yeah, or, or or even worse, it's like you. So actually, it's funny they they redid the bathrooms, but like none of the it, it's it's just anyways. It's it's yes, yeah, so this old hallways, then a nice a functional bathroom. It's like disorienting, like you're sure. going through like different portals in the Matrix, and you come out in different areas. Not I don't know, you know what I mean? Where am I? Really disorienting. Anyways, yeah. the Midtown Mall is it, it is about getting people down there, and yeah. they're doing a decent job with that, but uh, they don't have to worry about keeping people there. They have to give people a reason to walk through it. Literally that. I agree with you. People don't... We, we need to get, lose the fuck on the concept of parking. Like, And I say that as, I'm glad I now have a business that has parking. But if I was downtown, that would not be a priority. My mm. priority would be offering quick turnarounds. Yeah, yeah, getting people in the door. Yeah. Yep, yep. And shout out, real quick, shout out Concrete Collect... Concrete Collection. I almost forgot him. Really dope uh, secondhand, like, thrift. Like, he handpicks everything he sells in there. Uh, that's the one in the in the corner over there? Right next to Denied Approval, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. cool. Dude, really dope shit. Yeah. This all, I mean, like, just to kind of steer us back, this all kind of started, this whole conversation was talking about how cool our underground is, because it's there, yeah, right? Yeah. We are describing lots of cool, independent, self-run businesses. Yes. And that was always the appeal of the Midtown Mall. You could get a storefront for 500 bucks a month. Not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at retail space, you can't get shit in this. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so I just, I want to be with the group of people that are trying to fucking put a grasp on that shit. As yeah. much as we can, that underground, independent feel, because that is to me what the allure of the Worcester Renaissance really is. It's not for what like the Minkiti Group is doing, or the Grid People, or any of those other cats. It's so we'd be remiss to talk about the Worcester Renaissance without mentioning Jeff Kilibrew's uh, what he's working on with uh, uh, the concept of buskers and yeah, um, peddlers permits can making all that easier. Uh, and the re- part of what I say about that is like you know that that was a huge part of it is public entertainment and you know paying artists. Because, so in other words, not just the, the small business owners, but all of the people who just want to do art, just want to stand yeah. and perform, having a an avenue from the city to do that um, would, would uh, you know it, it's I don't know there was discussions about the Renaissance in Italy and Harlem. Uh, his his whole thing is data backed. We really have to have him on here. Oh, Jeff would be a, you guys would yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed talking uh, to Jeff. Honestly, so so him, Jeff and I actually Jeff got confronted by uh, the the assistant commissioner of Parks and Rec uh, about what time is it? I don't know. About two hours ago, six ish p.m. <laughs> tonight, over uh, it being dusk, and uh, we are so so this Thursday, August, uh, not August, wow, whatever, October twenty sixth, yes. I think. Anyways, we're um it's the Parks and Rec meeting. Uh, we. we Short version is Jeff and I are taking out on the Parks and Rec, and because they have been historically problematic in a long list of different ways. And yeah, I'm going to see if if you are available, Danny. If we can get Jeff on before then to yeah. document the whole how the hell we got here. Uh, so that's <laughs> on the on the record before we go on tomorrow night for anyone who wants to actually listen to it. Word, because like that's not even the first thing. Like that's one of the things on tomorrow night. There's a yeah. whole separate other issue. But I, Jeff's Jeff's thing requires so much backstory, and he's got such a good. Anyways, Worcester Renaissance. 
we are in the middle, the very, like, we are, like, five to ten years into the beginning of what would hopefully be, you know, especially with Boston's going to be underwater in 30 to 40 years. Uh, so, like... There was a time where they didn't want to connect Worcester and Providence by rail because they were afraid if they did so too early, it would turn Boston into a farm town. Wow. That's, like, I mean, early... That makes so much sense. Uh, the canal, free the canal people told me that, some of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. So, but to your point, Boston could go underwater. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Or we can be the Brooklyn to the Manhattan of Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Jump but I want to be our own version. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? We're like, going to be better. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, we, we, we really are. Uh, like, there's, Worcester has a lot of soul. And, uh, I mean, to dial it back to Wartown Rising, it's like we have a lot of history of yeah. soul and culture and Puerto Ricans here, you know what I mean, and and the culture we've brought, and it's just that it became a melting pot for so many different cultures so early on that now, with the way that the world is and art and and music, it's just like we, I don't know, I feel like we've been on the cusp of something, but uh, I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping we see it before I'm like an old fart. But what does you know that mean? mean? Yeah, I'm with you, but I'm, like, what I'm, does that mean? Exactly, I don't know, but I just know that like. One day I'm gonna wake up and Worcester's gonna be like slightly different or very different, but I'm still gonna love it. Bro, I was gone for ten days. I was out on the West Coast for ten days. I came back and they put up uh, a giant wooden pergola outside New Kitchen, and they put <laughs> up some other crazy shit. The city changed in ten days. Yeah, and like I don't know, man, it, it's changing fast, and people yes. are doing move, making moves fast, and yeah. We gotta like uh, help steer that shit, and that's oh. why we do the shit on Tuesday nights with the Woot Nanny crew, and like that's why I'm supporting Bill and all those cats, and yeah, Bill, supporting Bill's... the village. Love what the village is doing. Yep, yeah. yep, they've been doing so many good things. Uh, they they host uh, difficult conversations uh, once a month that are, I think, actually, it's so, so they, they, we branch in short version is they're doing a ton. Yeah, and there's tons of groups doing this shit. So like, part of what I'm my mission, right? Like now that I've been here about 10 years, um, now that I feel kind of more than I feel invested in the city, I feel like I'm a community leader and, and it's weird to, to verbalize that, but I am, I recognize that now. So at being this community leader, it's important to me to understand what does it mean to build the community and what does it mean to build the community that you actually want to be a part of? Mm-hmm. And, and it, <laughs> I had a friend once describe Worcester as the warring tribes of Scotland where they were all like there were these groups of people that all wanted their own kind of chunk of land and yeah. they're all fighting over the same territory where they recognized that if they just worked together they would <laughs> prosper more. Yeah, everybody um, would have more fucking... Oh, so, so this is uh, my favorite, the prisoner's dilemma. Right. Yeah, two, two people are, uh, you know, but they're both arrested. The cops put them in separate rooms and say, hey, if you ride on your friend, you're off scot-free. But they both know that the cops have jack shit, so if they keep their mouths shut, they both go off scot-free. Right. So if they act in everyone's interest rather than their own, they're golden. Yes. And that's just how we need to act as a community. Don't talk to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> how do we move from crabs in a bucket more to the worker ants where – we all move forward towards progress. Maybe not so mindless. There's probably a better analogy in there. Yeah, yeah the queen would be the betterment of everyone. But. So, I mean, as you guys have probably noticed through social media and everything else, I've been getting louder and more active involved in politics. Yeah. Ooh, David fucking Webb? Yeah, uh-huh. me, right? Not so, that guy. Yeah, and uh, frankly, at this point, I've recognized that I'm... Uh, 
I don't know if... So influential is one way to put it, but uh, I've realized that, like, you know, I show up at events and people behave differently because I'm there with a camera. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that happens. It's kind of fascinating, but also it's a little terrifying. Like, I think I might someday... If I make David fucking Webb shirts, they might say, act like you're being recorded because you're probably being recorded. Also, I'm recording you. Um, (laughs) Like... (laughs) I, 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 there's a possibility, like, I, anyways, I, 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 people, the fact, act like you're being recorded is not something I should have to fucking say, but it, holy crap, people act differently. Yeah. Anyways, um, and I, you know, I know it's weird to say that on a podcast. You're not but wrong, like, though, but I act like I'm being recorded all the time these days. Honestly, yeah, same, same, exactly. Yeah. It's, you, you, that's, but, 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 yes. Because I'm out in the community. Right. I'm out, people, people know my name, I have a company, I have, like, a personal brand that I'm chasing, mm-hmm. so... More so than the person just chilling at their house, staying anonymous, I need to yeah. be mindful about my choices and my right. word choices and, and how I react to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah your thousands. words have an impact. You, because you have people who make their decisions based off of what you say. And it's not like everybody's an influencer, right? We all influence the people around us. That's what a referral is, right? You know, you only want to do business with people you know kind of shit. Yeah. But in that same sense, you build your personal network. Yeah, that idea of what an influencer is becomes a little bit more grandiose. Yeah, yeah. I've never really liked the concept of, of, like, I don't want to call myself an influencer. This was never deliberate. And it's actually funny. Like, I was talking to someone about social media the other day, and they were like, wait, how many, how many like, people do you have on Instagram? And I was like, like, under 1,500. And they're like, well, they were confused. And yeah. I'm, but but it, it's about the, the quality of content rather than, I don't know, it's not about number of followers. <laughs> And a lot of people try to make it about that. Yeah. Right. And when you're local, it's, it's I don't know, that's that's kind of dumb. I don't yeah. try with social media. No, that's yeah, partly that's my... It's, it's in, I tell this, I've been telling this to artists who ask for advice for years, is just be authentic, man. 100%. Just, that's going to carry you way further than anything else, dude. I've seen rappers buying... Buying views on videos, buying plays on SoundCloud, and it's like, dude, it doesn't translate. Like, I don't, I don't understand the appeal of wanting, like, wanting to seem bigger than you are um, to a small network of people. It's like, fam- oh, so I've got some. Th- well, the small network is what they're not thinking about. Like, yeah. that's the thing when you're. So this is big business concepts. This is uh, we we need to appeal to as many people as possible so that. Someone, you know, because we need each and every one of these people's support. And so the, the, their whole thing is if people think that other people support me, mm. they'll support me. Um, and, you know, there was – but but so the, the the whole dress like money makes you money thing. Yeah, like yeah People yeah. will give you money. Just blah, for the blah, job blah. you want type shit. No, 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 no. The whole like drive a, a nice car so people think you already ah, have money and yes, then they'll yes, give yes. you more money. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes, yes. Like they'd be willing to buy a nice car from you. Because like salesman. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. What I realized is that concept only really works when it's not their money they're playing with. Sure. Like it's, you know, when people are in corporate jobs having, you know, lunch with other people who have corporate jobs and it's <laughs> always someone else's tax deduction paying for a bill. <laughs> yeah. That's where that kind of, you know, influencing makes sense. But yeah. people have been saying that for so fucking long and acting like it for so long because they were being taught it for so long uh, that they don't really think about it at a smaller level. They're just like, no, this is what all the big guys are doing. And mm. they have to realize they're not a big guy and they're not trying to be a big guy and they need to right. stop doing it the way the big guys do it. Right. But I think you're right to a certain extent also about like their own kind of ego or or whatever self-confidence that if they don't have the plays, if they put a track up and it's getting six plays, like everybody's going to think they're a failure. Right. But I, I don't know if about y'all, but 
when I check in on an Instagram page and I see that it has, you know, 15,000 followers, I'll check a post. You know, yeah, check yeah, a recent yeah, yeah, post. Yeah, 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 That shit has 30 likes. It's like, yo. Right, something's not adding up here. Right. And again, it's just back to what your original point was, that <laughs> authenticity. Like, that mm-hmm. to me is one of the most important things about my personal brand and yeah. the people that I want to work with. Yep. Being authentic, I'm just far more interested in working with those types. Right. Something right. else I've realized when it comes to social media metrics, like you're paying attention to likes and whatnot. If you say something controversial, people don't want their name to be on that status. People are not going to heart it. They're not going to. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a little bit of that. I, yep. I've respond- I realized a lot of people are reading my stuff. They'll mention it to me later. But, you know, it's something that got like six likes. But then people mention it at city council meetings three weeks later. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, wait a second. People are actually paying attention, but they're not engaging. So if I was deciding what I posted based on my engagement, it would actually result in inferior quality posts. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we find that with Wu Nanny a lot, with the, with the mm. Worcester Concert Theater 3000. That, like... We'll have 50 to 100 people, depending on the night, check in with us. Yeah. But our YouTube videos will get a bunch more plays, and we'll hear about it down the road from... So it's also yeah. not even necessarily how many people, but who's paying attention. Yeah. So you're also bringing up another really important part uh, point. One of the reasons I have so many arguments on Facebook is because it's not about the person I'm discussing with. It's everyone else can read it and learn about it, sure. but later, after the fact. Yeah. So once you put it out there, now it's it's no longer – now it's, it's a conversation that's happening and – Someone else wants to bring it up. It's they're no longer the first one bringing it up. They're like, "Oh yeah, you heard about it on this episode of blah blah blah." Yeah, dude. Uh, Jenny Pasillo, currently running for District One City Council, mm. was on our show Seltzer Time, and this was over a year ago. And we just talked some bullshit. And Jenny's a friend. She's a very good friend. I love her dearly. Like, she's very fucking funny. And Word. she said some shit in jest that was now that she's running for city council was taken out of context tripped like trimmed up and used against her oh come on dude and it's like she had to fight that i don't know if she's still dealing with like some stupid fall it wasn't anything huge it was just some dumb bullshit that we were talking about but they're like is this the person you want for city council (laughs) but of course it's the public narrative and she is a good candidate she is good-hearted she is doing a lot of good and she is quite qualified like more educated than i think any of the other candidates running that might not be accurate but she's really in the worcester civic process no arguably she is one of the most learned she spent the most time actively pursuing i mean everyone else has a lot of credentials i don't know if any of them are like anywhere like she is specifically educated in the things that she should be to do these jobs and has spent the the time at the community meetings like she did the the police ride along like she's done the worcester shit Word, yeah. word. Yeah, I actually originally met her through um, a, a grassroots class, uh, a grassroots campaign class uh, about, um, I don't know, it was in like February or March of this year. And then we connected when she when she announced her campaign. And it's it's fascinating and great to see her uh, applying the things, but, but, but like also like being such a good, I don't know, she's, she's not just doing all the candidate things. She's still, I don't know, it, it's really great and it's wonderful and it's inspirational, especially given the fact that like her, her competition is exactly like the... You know, corporate big like it, it, it's weirdly like if Pixar was doing the, the 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 Worcester elections, it's you know of course it's the big baseball guy who wants to make the other baseball team bigger versus you know the 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 the, the mom who's who's educated and ready to jump into politics and doing a great like I don't know she's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, that's dope. Um, you you brought something up uh right before that. Okay, taking how. How narratives are sometimes spun in a malicious way for, uh, you know, 
someone else's benefit or gain. Um, so recently, or not even recently, about a year ago. Okay, so about a year ago, I broke my ankle and rehab myself. I was in the running to be a firefighter. I'd been wanting to do this for a year, two oh, years shit. type shit. I think I heard this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I listened to one of your episodes. Keep yeah, going, yeah. Keep going, so, keep going. so break the ankle, boom, rehab myself, get in the gym, drop thirty pounds. Like I went crazy. I'm still like in the best shape of my life because of all of this. Um, and then I'm on my way to the academy. Like um, academy starts in like two weeks type shit. I go to gear night, whatever. Um, and I had posted a video complaining about shaving, you know, talking bullshit, joking on myself, whatever. <coughs> they screen record that and he sent it out to the whole department. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, uh, I, I called got disqualified. It I yeah, you, called it super disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It was I, I honestly, I did listen to that episode. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, long story short, I am not <laughs> ever going to be a firefighter. Salted my whole experience forever. Um, and and I more so just wanted to serve the community. Yeah, man. Um, that's what I was looking forward to. Uh, being you know, being a firefighter in Worcester meant more than being a firefighter for me. Sure. So when sure. that shit got shattered, you know, I was just like, I just kind of put the whole thing down. Um, but I only mention it to say that like, it it people are out there uh, maliciously. People are like, your post will get two likes, but ten people saw it and. Five of them don't like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you you have no problem with these people. You might not even be aware that there's an issue or that there's some malice, yeah. um, you know, in the air about you. Um, so it's like it's one of those things that we got to be careful with with being in the information age and, and giving so much of ourselves out, so much of our own information out um, freely. We do got to be careful because there's, there's a lot of fucking scumbags out so there. So I've got a counter- well, so I've got a bunch of stuff to say about that. One, yeah, I, I've had so much. So I, I, one of the things I, Jenny complained to me about, not really complained, sorry. We talked about that. I don't know if it was actually that instance, but people bullying her. And I effectively was like, look, you're a woman on the internet running for power. Like, yes, you're going to get attacked and you don't just need to be prepared to talk to your friends about it. You should be pushing your own narrative ahead of time. Agreed. Um, because yeah. that's really the only, so in other words... Uh, I am a social media whore partially <laughs> because, Frank, like I am able to be this genuine about it because I don't know. People have seen me learn. Like, I, I there have been times I've been problematic online, and someone has to be like, "Hey, you know, David, you're, you're wrong here." And yeah, yeah, yeah. I and you know, I'm not always accepted. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, uh, there is a lot of of uh, history and background that people can see. Yeah, but but also people have watched all of the individual. I don't know. You know, people can see how I come to a conversation, how I come to conclusions. They'll see that the processes, you know, they're right, not just right, seeing, right. Uh, hey, I have a yurt. They've been seeing me talking about doing this for, <laughs> for years. They've, you know, I don't know. It, it, it gets to drip stream every piece of information. So you yeah. get to control the narrative a lot yourself mm -hmm. that way. Part of the reason I do that at this point is because, I, I, you know, I've got so much stories to tell that, I, I, you know, I'm either doing like, you know, a blog post once Honestly, at this point, it would have to be every evening or, like, starting a YouTube channel or something to keep people updated on all of this. But mo mo mostly... Blogs. When... No, keep going. Yeah, blog blogs are a good... Blog. V-L-O-G. Oh, blog. So, yeah. So, video editing is not something... So, the problem is... <laughs> I feel you, kid. I did it. I did it for a minute. And it's laborious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, like, I have enough action cameras. I have a good YouTube channel for this. The problem is I need to... So, I'm developing a workflow. It's, it's a whole thing. 
I respect uh, it. Yeah, but 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 also, uh, what I'm also partially hoping someone wants to sponsor David fucking Webb, uh, <laughs> because like I carry so many action cameras, like all I really need is you know a video editing and content management team. Like, how expensive could this be? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, if anyone wants to sponsor me, let me know. But right. uh, I think you said something very important that people I don't want to like gloss over is you recognize you put a lot of content out in the world, and you recognize that there are times when people challenge you back, and I think that is where the most like telling of who people are happens. Yes, and if you're able to actually listen and own when you misstep, that to me is the the, the power of being mindful about your words. Yes. Like, yes, you might say some shit. I know I've said some wrong shit. Oh, 1,000. There's just too much content out there. We recorded a podcast for three years. Right. That's too much bullshit on a microphone. Yeah. And that's okay. I've had opportunities to learn. I've, I've had opportunities to be taught by some wonderful minds, and those people showed me a better way to be. Right. If we all fucking lived that way, how much cooler would the world be? Yeah. So I think the, the thing that you are able to do there is effectively uh, embrace your shame accept the fact that you might have done something wrong you are th- this is some the 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 the, the, pro- the reason we don't get so any more progress in in the world is because most people are not able to do what what you're talking about most people are not able to say yes i am part of the problem i have been part of the problem and i need to change to not be part of the problem agreed mm-hmm. and and uh shout out to Kelsey who we had on the show yes um, like when, when we talk about things like this is like, this is the instance that pops in my mind. Cause I've said I'm wild on Facebook. If you have me on Facebook, like don't, don't pay any attention to what I'm saying. Cause it's, it's just ridiculous. It's nonsense. I just let all my intrusive thoughts go on Facebook. But one time I had posted, uh, it was like a meme and it was, it was, I, in my, like in my mind, I'm like, this is the most innocent, funny meme I, you know, I could be posting. And it was, you know a picture of a dude squaring up and it was like me when uh me when me when she breaks my homie's heart you know what i'm saying so it's like a dude square you know what i'm saying and then my homie kelsey who had who you had on the show shout out kelsey came and checked me real quick and she was like yo like i don't know why you think violence towards women is funny and i was just like like and that it was like a gut check i was like oh like i looked around the room i'm in the room by myself and i'm like oh okay wow and that really, really, really grasped like perception, and um, you know, and 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 just how how I how I come across online in comedy, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I and I could have taken that, you know, like an asshole. I could have been like, "Oh, I didn't mean that." F you, f off. Like if you if you if you want to be a snowflake, then get off my page. You know what I mean? I could have yeah. I could have taken that route if I was you know someone else. Um, but Kelsey's a great friend of mine and that's not who I am. So I'm like, Oh, you know, like, let me, let me digest that. Let me, let me let that marinate and let me come out of it a better person. Boom. And you know, me and Kelsey are still friends to this day. Um, so I think fucking perfect. Yeah. Those, those moments are so teachable and important. And I think we need to allow them to happen and learn from them, especially if you're in the wrong, you know, like shout out to the people that know how to gracefully tell you that you're fucking up. Yeah. To check you like respectfully. So I actually so two things I want to say about your thing. One, uh, I have a friend who posts some incredibly weird shit on social media. I know him from my days in the two A community. He's a he's a fun, interesting dude, um, and he's actually pretty weirdly normal off of 
social media. I mean, he's into <laughs> jujitsu, but like, anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, so so uh, I, I, someone else we know from the firearms community, who's this uh, cop firearms instructor, now has a few gun shops. Once said that he thinks that all of his posts are just preparation for an insanity defense. And I think about that occasionally <laughs> with you, Danny. <laughs> that's so great. I love it. I love it that, uh, yeah, that's that's my trump card. Like, right at the end, right? When you think you got me. So long as, so long Check my as, Facebook. I'm insane. So, so long as the prosecutors don't, don't listen to this episode, which, frankly, they <laughs> right. won't. Uh, although there's going to be a transcript, which might fuck us both at some point. Um, that's funny shit. So the second thing is, you said, uh, but Kelsey's your great friend, and I... Obviously, you would have you would have still listened if someone else said it. Yes, they, the way what she said was correct and valid. And you, as soon as you actually thought about it, you're, because that's what really happens is you know we say something because it you know because that was because she's right. You thought that this was funny, and you had to be like, oh fuck, you're right. That's fucked up. Yes, and I don't know. Most people are most people lash out. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is great friend. And I think what so and then you said afterwards the people who were able to say that gracefully and I think we should take a step back and say anyone can call their friends on this shit and it doesn't have to be graceful. Agreed. If, if you're saying right. it from and, and that's because like being people who can say it gracefully is is valuable as fuck because they can say it to anyone. Strangers, yeah. But 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 the reason that was so easy like it what I've realized in, in you know in in making improvements and in, in improving things in life is effectively there are things that I'm going to be better at than other people. You know that's why I got involved in right to repair is because I don't have to justify I don't have to uh, you know defend my qualify myself in that I've done this for ten years so I'm you know people just listen to me. It, there's a lot of other things. But anyways, if you say in your so in other words, this is all comes down to the whole. That one meme where it's the, the the power of saying that's fucked up to your friend, mm-hmm. but specifically when your friend does something, you should say because that's who you actually need to hear it from is the people whose opinions you respect. Yes, 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 yes. On like a, a macro level, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like we don't like we didn't we didn't we don't interact every day. We always show love. Like it's we've always had great. Whenever we met up or, like, because like, she was a bartender. So whenever I went to see her at the bar, phenomenal time. Like, we were great friends, you know. So so for someone like that, that it's like you've never even had a slight riff with to check you, that's when you really got to, like, reexamine yourself. And, and whether whether it was malicious or not or harmful or not or, or very specific to maybe just their situation, nobody else might take it that way. That is that's super super valuable. Well, no, that's uh, intent versus impact. It doesn't yeah. matter what your right. intent was. The right, impact right. of this was you saying exactly, this concept. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, dude. But also, just oh. uh, I wait. <laughs> um, the the graceful bit to me is tying it back to communication and getting people to do what you want them to. You're going to catch a lot of more flies with honey than vinegar idea. Yes. Being like, there are a lot of people that I'm not putting any shame on their game, but there are a lot of people that will very angrily or, you know, vocally tell you how you're fucking up and they will come at you with that same almost hostile energy. Yes. Yes. And I'm not trying to say that what you're saying isn't good or valid. Right. I, me personal I statements here, I am far less likely to listen to somebody right. that's yelling at me versus that's talking to me. Yeah, 1,000%. It's the same thing with children, dude. I mean, father or two, like, you could, your son's frustrated about something or, or, or crying or whatever, like, you could either lash out and, like, hey, stop crying type shit or get to the root of it. Talk yeah. to him calmly. Yo, let's figure this out together. You know what I'm saying? What's the more prosperous route 
at the end of the road. Um, and that's and that's getting to the to the root, co- you know, solving the problem. I love uh, I love trying to talk to those little ones, try to get them to deal with those big feelings. Yeah, dude, it's not easy. But like once you get to that, you know, you have a couple breakthrough moments, and that's the type of stuff that's like that that will shape somebody's life. Is like, yo, you could really talk through this. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people aren't able to get through. A lot that. of people didn't get that lesson. Yeah, a lot of people don't to this day. There are adults walking around that don't understand that, that resort to violence, resort to being, like, physically yeah. threatening to get their way. Yep, or, yep, or on yep. the other side of that, people who are anxious about anxious other people. Yeah, or, or, or sad or, or, or um, you know, uh, what do you call that? That you Anxiety. solitary, oh. solitary, like, you know, they hold, hold them to, to themselves. It's tough, dude. It's it's tough. And, and I, I only bring, like, the... the parenthood aspect to it because it's something that i think of as a parent because that's kind of how i was as a kid i was super non-confrontational very shy because of my home life like i never wanted to be the one who lit the fuse so it was like always tiptoeing and and being safe and apologizing and and you know like that but that you know even that's that's the other side of it where it's like you're you're still you're still uh there's still things that need to be expressed and and that you're you're bottling up yeah. Same same way with getting mad. So, like, with my kids, I say that to say with my kids is, like, I try to talk my 11-year-old through it. You know what I mean? Like, really get to it and breathing techniques and, like, yo, it's not that deep, bro. Like, we're, we're going to get through this homework. Like, it's just math homework, fam. Like, oh, fuck, no, we I, got I this, bro. Me too. It's, but it's tough, dude. It's tough because I, could, I, I remember those days, dude. I still remember, like, I'm 32. I'm 31, dude. 31. I got to. He's about to be 12, and it's like I can put myself in those shoes, and I remember how frustrating and, and upset I was. And you don't always have somebody around, you know, so I try to implant that in him that it's like, you know, you got this, dude. Um, it's tough. It is tough. <laughs> really add up. I'm so glad I don't have kids. Yeah, same. <laughs> I have dogs. It's oh a God, lot. DCF doesn't come knocking when I put them in a crate for <laughs> right yeah. when they go barking. When I starve them by not feeding them until eleven a.m. because I needed to sleep. Oh, I, I couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> um, no, I literally couldn't. My dogs would wake me up. They would push me out of bed before I got to sleep. <laughs> they start licking your face, dude. I swear to God, that's partly why I love my dogs. Is yeah, because they get me up in the morning, get me to work. Yeah, I gotta feed them on time and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got an older dog, so he has heart meds. So I have to feed him heart meds an hour before he gets breakfast. So that yep. motherfucker wants to get me up at like six thirty, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, Zeke, get out of here! Get <laughs> both stupid face out of my. <coughs> no, no mine, uh, mine definitely are like, ah, oh, fine, whatever. I guess we're going down for another nap. Okay. <laughs> no, they I, you posted a whole photo today with the menagerie chilling about you. I mean. That's all the time, though. Like, it is so difficult to get anything done. They just lay on either side of me, curl up and pass the fuck out. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm trapped here for five hours. Right. And it's Can't three. Move. But, but that's at 1130 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah, whatever. We're here for two to five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've punched in, David. Right. Yeah. We have clocked in. Yeah. I, I'm just lucky I have an iPad within reach and I'm able to get some shit done. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. So... Hunchback. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about the show you just put on? Because that was fucking awesome. Thanks, homie. Uh, yeah, that show was kind of like the culmination of a year of painting floaty friends. Uh, Your show. Like, yeah, you hosted a show. Don't, I did don't, a, a pop-up one-night-only gallery at the Sundown. 
and I called it the Spirited Soiree. Word. One Night Affair with Floaty Friends. Is that where... Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen... Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the, doing this episode, and I was like, you want to meet him ahead of time. This is going to be awesome, and it'll be a cool event anyway. Fuck. Thank you. Thank oh. you very much. Yeah, it was oh. really fucking cool. Uh, shout out to everybody that came out and showed me love that night. Word. That was... All right, I'll, I'll get to the idea like in a minute, but like just expressing the way I feel about it. It was the culmination of my work in terms of like my community impact mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm giving myself a little of a clamp. Sorry, uh, I spent so much time making, forming connections with people, and really just trying to like show people who I am. And, fuck my phone, whatever. What what matters to me and all this stuff, and I've made some awesome friendships. And that one night, I looked around the room, and it was such an eclectic group of individuals like human beings from all different walks of the world from all different colors and different shapes sizes ages it was such a fucking cool like embodiment of my work because my work is such that like idea of kind of combining spirits it was i don't know that was to me the biggest success of the night dope and there was probably like 150 200 people there throughout the entire night which was fucking amazing amazing um but it was kind of like proving it to myself where I have this idea that I want to open up the design studio in a gallery space. I, I really want to open up a gallery within Worcester because... I want you to go up there. Yeah, I, I, I got to call those dudes. It would be too perfect. I, I just wrote a grant for it. I'll see if that nice. helps me out. Um, and it's, again, some of it is my own kind of insecurities. Like, I'm going to be self-funding this shit. Mm-hmm. And I only have so much cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, am I ready? Is it fucking ready? But I, the, 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 I'm joking over my words. I have spent the better part of the past two years researching for this, traveling the world and learning about different places in New Orleans and London and New York City and now Santa Cruz and San Francisco, uh, just really soaking up what these shops look like, what these gallery spaces look like, and what this thing that I've been kind of assembling in my brain for years can look like. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to prove to myself that I could bring together a group of people to just come appreciate my work, Mm. which is like, it's a big fucking risk, especially because it wasn't a gallery space that I was doing. I did this in a bar. I did this in my <laughs> homie's bar because yeah. I did the mural on the back of the bar. So me and Sean have a good relationship going. I'm like, Sean, can I do something crazy? And he's like, fuck yeah, I love crazy things. They're my favorite. Yeah. It was perfect. And it was also perfect that it was a one-time pop-up. Like That's you. part of what was so great about it was like it was this little magical thing for tonight that if you came back tomorrow – like, like that's like spirited wife. You know, you, you go across the thing, you come back. It's entirely different. I love yeah. that too. Yeah, because that's the way big cities work. Like, yeah. cats take these risks in New York City every week. Yep. Every week, there's an artist taking a risk on a spot for one night for a weekend. Yep, mm-hmm. throw something. Because it's there's also the limited availability of it that makes it interesting. You mm-hmm. had to be there, and if you weren't there, like you, sorry, you only it. have to hear yeah. the stories. And, yeah. and that's part of what was so great about it is you had you had different variations so so can you tell us a little bit more about the art you created for that night because sure. i saw things for that night that i were, were extensions of all the other stuff but i'd never actually seen yeah yeah thank you thank you for bringing that up uh so i showed 77 paintings on canvas um as part of the show and then i also created um smaller plaster uh versions 3d versions of floaty friends that were lit with led lights um my partner nikki made some made out of uh uh, resin and fabric that we hung throughout the bar. 
I made some larger ones that were uh, kind of like tie-dye colored, um, hanging throughout the bar. Those were 3D, and they were fabric, and they kind of just whipped around with the air moving in the room. Yeah. Um, and, and so before you go further, I just want to make please. like so you understand the picture. These were not like this was not like order, orderly rows of paintings. This was like every surface except right behind the bar, like every wall. <laughs> so like you could look up and there was another painting <laughs> on like one of the because like this bar has so many different you know, columns in the center. Yeah. 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 So like you you know I walked through and I like missed like I was literally yeah. like, about to buy one and then someone else Wait was like what about that one and I hadn't even seen it yet and I'd been <laughs> looking around for ten minutes. Nice. And, I uh, loved that. Yeah, but and then the floating ones. So, like, you know, even once you get past those, then there's, like, ones from the ceiling. There were ones, there were probably, I must have missed a few. Honestly, yeah. That sounds kind of, crazy. Kind though. of what I was hoping would happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then outside in the patio uh, was a playlist, that uh, mixtape that my buddy Megatrip put together. Yeah. Um, all about, like, songs about friends, ghosts, uh, floating. It was a fucking awesome mega mix. It was, like, really eclectic. And then yeah. I had also culminated this list. Uh, there were more of the fabric ones hanging in the trees, but these ones were all done in glow-in-the-dark paint, so nice. I had black lights on those, and they made them glow real cool. Yeah. And then kind of the star of the patio were the four larger-than-life-size floaty friends that I had made that were, one was eight-and-a-half feet tall, and then the shortest one was like three-and-a-half feet. They were all lit up. And Ooh. they were on caster wheels so that people could move about, take photos. <laughs> I saw one group dancing with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, got, I got a selfie with one. But, Hell yeah! But, but also, like watching someone like just randomly, like I didn't know they were movable. And frankly, I, I love that someone must have figured that out. My yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. my manager Jess, my manager yeah. Jess. Well, she knew that they were movable, but she was like, "We need to show people that these are movable because yeah. nobody's yeah, touching them." Yeah. yeah so she wheeled it across, and that just opened the floodgates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It was it was like, you know, because you realize that, like, never mind, it's going to be different tomorrow. Someone who comes here in an hour is going to see have a different experience than what I just saw. Right. That's hell. So, I mean, in a way, that's what I want the gallery to be. Yeah. It's not going to be that much of a quick changeover. That's It's ridiculous to try to get people's attention <laughs> that much right. that often. Yeah. Um, but I want it to be a space where artists like me can take risks, yeah. can, can put together works. Mm-hmm. Like we have the G. McDonough Art Center, JMAC, I've referenced it a few times. It's kind of the idea of what it can be, but it's also a space that is doing too much. Mm-hmm. It's offering too much to too many people. It's so too big. They need to be able to fund it, and they're, they're only able to do that at that. a large level. You can only take it for a week. So like everybody here should go to Khalil Guzman Jerry's show on November 10th. This kid, this, oh my God, November fellow 10th. artist. JMAC? Yeah. It's it, this dude has been working his ass off on this show. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but he only gets to show it for a week, and he, in that time, he has to keep the stuff on the walls because they need to keep the room open to be used for another thing that's happening. Because it's a community space, yeah. Right. It's good, but it's also frustrating in that yeah. way. And yeah, then yeah. he's also. I mean, I went to a drag bingo night. Uh, at JMAC a few weeks ago, and it was like the 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 price of the art on the wall was a subject of joke, and like that's not that's understandable as uh, fuck. I it, don't know who was showing at that time. Oh, but. it was it was just really. I mean, it was beautiful. It was just really expensive fruit. It was objectively Understood. like a, a a comedic centerpiece. Like no Understood. one no one who was there at that event was in that price bracket. Um, <laughs> but 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 like that's kind of the thing is it's almost unfair to the people hosting it, not hosting it, the people who are having their art on their wall if it's also. In event space. Agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it can either be a high end or an interesting art venue. <clears throat> I don't know. You can have a graphic design office in the back of an art studio without it. Uh, sorry, right art. in the center. I think yeah. it's just going to be at a table. But I agree with you. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> want offices. When HPG gets our full studio, we're not going to have offices. My business partner might have an office, but that's just because he likes a solitude. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. I do like that. <laughs> but no, like um, I'm over here with my shop, and it's four offices downstairs. <laughs> You have a gnarly space. I envy your space. This yeah. is fucking awesome. It's, it's nice. It it's is. so weird and so perfect. Yeah. I mean, essentially, that's what I'm looking for. I want something weird. Ultimately, I want to make Travis's Fantasy Factory, like Rob Deerdick. Yeah. Have, oh, my fucking God. I want that, but I just wouldn't make it for motorcycles, and it'd yeah. be for art and weird shit, and like yeah. mm-hmm. uh, 3D or like... Uh, <laughs> Experiences. Yeah, bro. Have you guys... So, <laughs> I'm fresh off a of level 99 in Natick. Have you been? Oh, I've been once. Level yeah, that's... Nine. Why does that sound so familiar? Uh, Were you unimpressed? I mean, so... Okay, impressive... Hold on. No, this is fascinating. Please continue. Okay, it's physical candy crush. In a way, for a lot of the things. I mean, like, every other... Almost all of them. But the technology of it didn't impress oh, you? no, no. It was conceptually cool, but, like, in a Disneyland cool. Oh, great. It's definitely amusement parky in that sense. But the idea of, like, having enough art created by local artists on the wall and then creating a game to make you have to pay attention to all the individual art and catalog something from the art... Whether or not you're appreciating for what it is, you're still actively looking at it. You're forcing oh. people to actively looking at it. So you, you mean more of engagement, interaction, not the, the play gameplay? I want to... So, like, I am infatuated with immersive art experiences. That of yeah. Meow Wolf, that of... Um, some other names are escaping me off the top of my head. No, but, but Meow Wolf is the big one. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, I want uh, us to turn Rotman's into that. Don't, oh, don't you play imagine? with my heart. Well, I mean, we, let, let's get it is out of business. What? It is out of business. Right. Like, like if, if they don't actually manage to sublet it out into a bunch of different office spaces that are going to kill themselves over the next three to ten years, uh, then, I mean, like, like let's put it together a grant for the city and make this fucking shit happen. Because uh, I've got people lit. from Funky Stuff on board. This would be – the, the, the real problem is that everyone's going to want to suddenly make it their idea. <laughs> like, like we all say, Meow Wolf of Worcester, and then we actually go to do it, and it becomes a massive shit show. However, my dick, my dick, my dick. <laughs> exactly. Uh, however, uh, you know, if uh, this this is uh, this is also one of those worth fucking doing things. I don't. So, in, it, uh, I'm intrigued. What is Meow Wolf? Oh my god! Look up Omega Mart. Omega Mart. Yeah, like supermarket. So it's a group of artists that they've done a bunch of projects, <laughs> but Omega Mart is their active one. Okay. And they've created this space that from the onset, or the outset, rather, words are hard, uh, from its appearance, it looks just like a supermarket. But you go in and you start looking at the, the product, and the product is like dehydrated water. Or oh, like okay, 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 okay. Weird shit. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, have you been to Bodega in Boston? Yeah. Okay, so you know you go through the soda machine? Yeah. You basically go through a cooler, I think, and then that puts you into another part of the exhibit, and now you're in the art show, and you're Fire. going through these rooms that are, like, completely, somehow, like, mirrored. Yeah, complete. Each one's done by a different artist. It's all part of this, like, and you, it's, it's up to you to explore. There's no path. Yeah. Ill. Super sick. And Rotman's would be fucking perfect it for it with the different levels. That would Same. be a mind trip. Yeah, like, this is unfortunately one of those, like, look, if someone doesn't do something with this, maybe, you know, I'll do this in the next four to five months. I yeah, would, I'm down. I'll put, I'll put whatever. 
That would be dope as fuck. Okay, everyone I, I talk to loves this concept. I just don't know anything about that level of money. And also, if, the, if my- <laughs> same, 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 same. I would also rather have that space be. Uh, have you ever been to like Lowell Mill Forty Five? Yeah. I would love to break that whole fucking thing up into artist spaces, and then open it up once uh, every two weeks, once a month for every space that the artist can show in their own gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrons could come through and experience a whole... You don't like oh, it. No, I think it's. I think you, you're right that Worcester needs it. I think that's not the best use for that space. Sure, it may not be that space, it's but frankly, that's the thing. It's got two high ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... How particular? No, 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 but think about it. Like, what is the criteria? Like, like no one's going to have to pay for their heating. No one's going to oh, have to... Oh, sure, sure, like, sure, Like, sure. this is a... It is not an ideal space to be subdivided into... How economical of you. No, I respect the shit out of it. You're not wrong. Yeah. I just... That's... Whereas, if you wanted to make giant immersive experiences that were connected to... Like, that, that you have no clue where you are within this giant building that you're next to the fucking highway. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, you know what else would be a phenomenal place but is not available? Wait, wait. W- one floor on 3 Brussels Street would be perfect for that. Maybe two or three. In fact, 3 Brussels Street. Let's do that. Like, never mind. Yeah. My old jiu-jitsu studio is there. They've already renovated and all that. But Understood. But, but there are so many buildings that would be absolutely perfect for that. Agreed. What were you saying? Higgins Armory. Oh, Fuck yeah. Higgins yes. Armory is... Yes. That's, there's a, that's a madhouse right now. I had, I had a studio space in there for years. Okay, but speaking of madhouse, I want to make... I want uh, level 99, but... Uh, the kind of art you were describing before, like, yes, like not necessarily horror, but thriller, immersive experience. Mm. That that's that's called a haunted house. That is, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, not escape room, but art. I don't know. Have uh, you ever been to a haunted graveyard in, in like Lake Compounds? So, no. Oh wait, actually, uh, no. I've been to Lake Compounds once. I've never been to. I went during ha- Halloween last uh, year, and I don't think I went through the haunted graveyard. No. So I mean. Not that, I'm not trying to tease you. Uh, I used to work at that haunted graveyard. I saw it like for ten years. My history teacher in high school runs it. This dude Ernie Romanov. <laughs> um, there's there is few things I enjoy as much as scaring people. It's this weird like working in a haunted house is this weird agreement you get to do with people where it's like I'm going to act gross and right. weird to you and you're <laughs> paying me to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why did I start talking? So like. The horror bit, that to me is what those places are. And there are some places that are really fucking good at even going. Like the places I was worked at was super campy. We had a graveyard. We had a, we had a vampire house. We had a dungeon. There are places that are way more cerebral mm-hmm. where you think that you're going into yes, one thing. Some other thing. And yeah. they just start. And, and it's a horror boom, boom. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit exists too. Those shit's almost like what you're describing, it would even be cool to rent it out in three month phases and then let a group of artists change the space for three months. And it's almost that way. It's like a, um, immersive theater. Yeah. Because I feel like immersive any of that shit, you, theater. it would only be, it would only, the interest would only last so long. I like, like the idea. You ever gone to yeah. uh, medieval yep. manor in Boston? Yeah. Once. But that's, that's everybody. Everybody yep. only went once. I went twice because I brought two different groups of people there. Wait, has, yeah. Have either of you been to Blue Man Group? And if so, yes. a second time? Once. No. I okay. went to Cirque du Soleil a couple times. That's a little different. Cirque du Soleil is fucking Yeah, different. those are acrobatics. Oh, no. But I'm with you on the Blue Man Group because it's the same show, right? Yeah, I, I assume so. And yeah, it's a, it's a single performance. It must kind of get boring after a while. So it's how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it interesting? But also be... And like Level 99... One of the things that I find interesting about their model is that all these they all 
all these things are in rooms, right? So you have to scan into a room and then you get put into this room and it's a challenge. And my group, like some of us are stoners, so we failed a couple of the challenges <laughs> right away. And there's nothing that makes you feel as dumb as a screen telling you, please exit the room. Like, when you're like, I just out. got in here. I'm sorry. I already failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens to everybody. That's kind yeah. of the point of the, the place. Um, but the way that they have these rooms, they could change what's inside the room without disrupting the rest of the show. Nice. The Haunted Graveyard I worked at, it was all one contiguous flow. So it would take you about 45 minutes to an hour to get through the entire show. Yeah. But you couldn't break out of the line once you were in. Uh I would love to create an artist space that was ever evolving if yeah. we're going fully immersive like that, where you just give rooms to people or maybe you cordon off areas. Yeah, you, you need to look upstairs, unfortunately. It's got like three different supposed to be office spaces that were kind of be shitty office spaces and a few closets that would be shitty closets. And it, it's a mini version of what you're talking about. I would love to give like homies mini gallery spaces that was something i saw in california that i'd never really considered yeah or vermont you've been in vermont yeah but not i haven't seen something like that tell me more please dude uh my girl took me uh a year either a year or two years ago like bay trip you know what i mean get away from the kids like just me and her sick uh want to say it was burlington vermont i spent close to no time i got a homie up there i gotta go Go to Burlington, dude. So there was this one strip. It was a whole street. Apparently, like, it's the thing. You know what okay. I mean? And Sick. there, um, we drove there. You drive, like, we drove all the way to the end and parked and just walked. And it's gallery after gallery after gallery. Sick. Coffee shop over there, cool. Like, snacks over here, cool. Gallery, ga like, just endless art, dude. And, like, it was just, like, it was fucking, it was insane. It was insane. Honestly, like, I couldn't. I couldn't stop looking at some of these. Like, I would walk through, then come back. You know what Never. I mean? And just stare. And then walk through and then come back. And, like, and this is in one building. And there's, like, ten other buildings doing, like, freaky shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, like, you're talking about. There was this woman. She did, like, it was insane what she did. It was it was something about, um, like, books and and uh, self-expression and, and internalization and stuff. And so there was, like, she had mirrors, like, all over this one room and then, like, ripped out pages in this other room and with like certain quotes like it was just like really really immersive and when you so when you're talking about this that's what was where my mind went um but you got to check that out dude yeah, uh, like i gotta go to Burlington. yeah and they have like the rotating you know what i'm saying like oh we do once a month you know we feature new artists and it, and it was like there was multiple collectives like yeah. Multiple of them. I was just like, dude, this is amazing. Like, Out in Santa Cruz, there was a, a <clears throat> dispensary called Treehouse, or is called Treehouse, and uh, they have their core area that you have to show an ID to get into to buy your product. But along the outside, they have all this wall space, and they give it to an artist. They give it to, like, I think they show six artists at once, and each artist gets a wall. So, like, oh. my homie Leah's out there, and she just did a wall of, she makes these cool lighters, and she does, like, comic-inspired uh, items. Mm -hmm. Um she got to put up a whole wall of her stuff for sale for an entire for month. Sale. And yeah, the, 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 the dispensary took a commission. The gallery yeah. I'm building is going to take a commission. That's right. just the way the model the works. On, but it also puts the money into the artist's hand. That's still 70% right into the artist's hand. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the goal. And then talking to my friend Lan, Lan has this little tiny space in front of her photography studio that they've used as this tiny little gallery where an artist can show you know, 15 works, 20 works in a tight space, knowing that 
you basically appreciate it one or two people at a time, but it allows, if you have this in a space with a lot of other stuff going on, the shit can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're giving people options. That's a perfect world, right? If money wasn't an object. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is, so I got to take it slow. Right. And I, I, some of this shit is like, I don't love talking about what I'm planning to do because yeah. there's this weird thing that happens with our brains that gives us satisfaction by telling people what we plan to do and then it almost fucking stifles us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is actively happening. Like, I'm doing this shit. So yeah. it's like, one way or another, it's going to happen. I don't know. I talk about the shit I'm going to do because, you know, then you can, you know, people will give you their feedback. They'll give you their ideas and, yeah. I don't know. Also true. Yeah. Um, but but also, I, I'm, so even though I've, this business has been around for 11-ish years at this point, uh, what, you know, I'm starting a new one with, uh, with our friend Berto, and... Uh, it's, you know, it's still a very difficult balance of I need to build a business versus I have limited funds versus I have to support my friends versus I have, like, it's it's this whole, I don't know, uh, there's the calculation of, you know, I have this much support, I have this much uh, capital, I have this much, it is time to invest, but also you need to actively really, really, really reinvest yourself in yourself or else, you know, there's a, I don't know, you don't hold it through, it doesn't balance. 100%. And that's a big ass risk too. If like, how do you expand this company that you've built and you put somebody else to? Put, they're going to helm the ship with your name on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a whole. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the process of figuring out contracting and, you know how, you know obviously there are legal terminology for you have to represent me well. But how do you tell this to a friend in a? I don't know. It it, it, it this shit gets complicated. You have to, dude. You have yeah. to put it on paper. Yep. And like. Berto is the fucking dude to do it. Like mm-hmm. you have chosen somebody very trustworthy and very fucking stand up. Yeah, this I fucking is, love that so, dude. So this is. I was thinking about something with your your seventy thirty and to, to bring up like that's obviously easily justified, but it has to make sense on not just the consumer. So the buyer end doesn't really matter, but for the artist end, it has to make sense effectively. They have to sell their art better in your space than it would to you. And the Correct. reason I was thinking about that is like. With the with Birdo, the reason so so Birdo is my employee from uh, five six years ago. I don't know a while ago, and uh, we we left on good terms. He he got a much better paying job, and he left anyways. We we were so he reached out to me, and he had a spot that was a good spot, and he effectively was like, "Hey man, I, uh, I I'm not I'm thinking about this. I want your feedback." And my my first feedback was like, "Okay, so are you trying to open a spot with me, or trying to to open your own spot?" Um, because, frankly, you could open a spot, do your own computer repairs here, and you don't need me here. But also, this might be a really good second location if you want to run it. And what we realized, both together and separately, is we, this is going to be way better doing it together than it would be if either one of us did it ourselves. Yeah. I, it, I couldn't agree more. I mean, so, like... Well, without always going to an idiom, I've long believed that if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. But if you want to go far, you go with friends. And mm. the idea of having a core group of people you can trust to build this thing is only going to behoove David fucking Webb to allow you the opportunity to step away as this thing continues to grow and pursue other ventures. Exactly. And that's something I think a lot of people, uh, it, people hold it back. Uh, it's not just about control, but, but they're, you need to give things to other people if you want things to become become bigger than yourself. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. couldn't agree more. I didn't know that Berto worked here. So, uh, not not recently. This was, or five uh, years ago, but he, I, yeah. even it's still. So, we we were really close for years, and then like his sister lived with me for a while. Him, her sister and her, uh, his sister and her, his brother in law, um, they lived in my house with my ex wife, 
Uh, and then, I, so I met her through my ex-wife, and then this would be one of those parts where it's up to you if you want to cut this. Now it's I up bought, to you if you don't want to say it. Don't I bought drugs. It I don't have to. I bought drugs off of Birdo for years. Oh well, that is <laughs> believe it or not, and I will not elaborate. That is more legal than how I met Birdo. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, you in the two A community? I, I said I will not elaborate. <laughs> understood. <laughs> Yeah, understood. Well, I knew he was into that shit because he would love to show me all that shit. I'm like, man, this is cool, but I have no interest. Like, you're basically just showing me things. Um, But, yeah, no, I buy Wii off of him. And then uh, all of a sudden, meat stores opened up, and I didn't have to. And, unfortunately, we grew apart. So, that's actually funny, and I bet that happened to a lot of There must be dealers who lost friends. Anyways, that's a whole separate conversation. Like people who there's a whole separate one of those like you know dispensaries became big and they no longer started hanging out with people. Yes, you 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 soon realize who was coming to actually see you and who was just coming for the weed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Like he's a hard dude to pin down sometimes, and he he likes his own space. So unless I was going to go to him, I wasn't going to hang out with them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got wrapped up in some other shit and never, yes. you know what I mean? And Not out of malice, go, out of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at this point, you can just go down the road. It's yeah, it's difficult because sometimes. of you. I've actually talked to her recently. Good. We're gonna hang out. I, like we were waiting for me to get back from California, and I nice. playing catch up all week. But we're gonna get for a hangout here soon. Perfect. Yeah, I genuinely love that dude. Like we've had some amazing conversations. Yeah. So about the the selling weed thing, uh, that's part of why he did so well at my shop. Like he could handle my customers. He was great with customer service because you know, like like there, like because he was you know previously had sold drugs. Like that's one of those you become friendly with people. You I, I don't know. It's customer service. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, working it with the customer. public. Yeah. My, my current front desk person, their primary uh, background in customer service was at a flea market, and I was like, oh yeah, you're hired. Yeah, you're gonna kill it. Right. You, yeah, you've talked to already the strangest people around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the other people who I think can handle my front desk people are uh, people who have dealt with uh, not just three to eight, third, third to eighth graders, but their parents. Oh, certainly. Summer camp, third to eighth graders, oh, and I'm like, oh fuck. yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, you're solid as a rock. <laughs> if I ever want to like really prove to somebody how chill I am, I refereed youth hockey mm. for two years. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right? get it. I've gotten the worst of the worst. You ain't gonna make. You ain't gonna say anything that some fucking tiger hockey mom hasn't said about me. <laughs> I had to throw out somebody on my. I refed my brother's hockey game, and I had to throw out a parent of one of his teammates. <laughs> oh yeah. no! That is real right. awkward. Oh, sorry, guys. He called me a fat fucking shit. He had to go. <laughs> yep. yeah, I was, here, but man. he had to go. You still gotta go, buddy. <laughs> yep. Oh man. How long do you guys go? Oh, so effectively, when we wind down, our, yeah, uh, until until the conversation is, you know. Me. So uh, there's a few other things. I, Please. So first and foremost, well, I mean, no. And is there anything else you want to touch on? We've touched on art, uh, your business. Um, there was uh, so I want to talk a little bit about Worcester, like not just what brought you back, but and we we did already talk about that, but about you know how it was a good opportunity place. It was. It. I mean, I I lucked into it, much like a lot of my shit in life. Uh, I just kind of appreciate whatever's in front of me and just make do with what I have. Yeah. And then I learned how fucking cool it is when I do that. Right, right. So I moved to Worcester, you know, at first begrudgingly. But once I realized how cool this place was and how much opportunity it was and how it was the community that I kind of, at the moment, didn't really know I was looking for. Yeah. I've found such incredible people here and, like, have made such awesome ties that, like, I can't picture myself out right now yeah. eventually i will eventually yeah. my my 
ambition is going to take me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The way I describe it is I've uh, trapped myself in this absolutely decadent lifestyle. <laughs> this triple decadent lifestyle? No, well... Oh <laughs> That's a good one. Oof, yes. Uh, no, absolutely decadent. Like, I just can't... I don't know. I, you know, if I... It's partially I own my I own my my building and I'm I'm I own a small business here and sure. uh, building or getting anything similar to this elsewhere like like one you know it's also worth acknowledging I, I have a two bedroom townhouse um you know with off street parking I can't afford anything else like that so like if I was to leave Worcester I don't know it, it's a whole separate like but but so just there's that there's also like moving to a bigger city is worse and all of the things like I don't know like anything. All the reasons to leave Worcester are kind of worse elsewhere. Uh, so one of the, arguably, right, because I have no intent of leaving, but one of the reasons to leave Worcester would be to find another place that has more potential to be that cool underground that mm-hmm. we're trying to be. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Fall River is trying like fucking crazy to be their own thing. <laughs> like uh, Lowell is trying like fuck to, Lowell, yeah. to, to scrape their... Uh, reputation and be something different so like and we can go outside the state pretty quickly and, and find other places that are doing things that's true if you go in the middle of fucking nowhere you're gonna get a goddamn mansion for what you sell your house here yeah, Worcester, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't great. have all the stuff right it doesn't have the stuff that makes home home yeah i dream about living in the woods but my partner likes reminding me that i also like walking to cumberland farms at two o'clock in the morning right. to buy a snickers oh, oh my yeah, god yeah, yeah. seriously i really want to live like those five... nice chilly walks yeah but also i want to be able to go to duncan's or drive to mcdonald's at... yeah yeah it's dude, it's, it's, it's a fucking conflict so unless i got rich uh richie rich money and i could put a mcdonald's in my own house i'm yeah. fucked yeah dude is that a data reference for you guys you never seen uh, that movie no, of course Richie. Rich. okay yeah, 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 okay yeah. Anyway, uh, flying so in yeah. the helicopter. <laughs> um, so yeah. So for the time being, I'm going to stick in Tatnik, and I dig the area. Yeah, hey, I'm Tatnik. Yeah, no shit. I got well, eyes on Tatnik. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I so in like fifth grade. Fifth grade, we moved to Tatnik. Before that, I was on Shrewsbury Street. Before that, I was on Franklin Street, and that's like where my first memories are. Good old Worcester, but Tatnik is nice, dude. Tatnik is like I've just got here. It's like a whole different Worcester, dude. It's, it's like it's a different Worcester. It's a whole different Worcester. And like a lot of the area right there in Tatnick Center, uh, like a lot of that stuff is either changing over or it's figuring out something what it wants it, to be. Yeah, like Worcester Suites is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, the homie Ryan has Artifact. Like, oh that's, dude, I that's spent too much time at Artifact. Yeah, that's doing cool shit. But like, I don't know. I looked at a spot right up the street. I looked at the old Mrs. Morricone's, and yep. I'm trying to open up the space there. Word. The space is just. Uh, without getting too min- into it, uh, it would be uninsurable with the way it's currently set up. Okay. And they were, yeah, it's, you studied fire, there's gaps in the basement from one uh, unit to the other. You Dude. could see into the other unit. <laughs> That's yeah. bad. Yeah, no so, bueno, no bueno. I, I don't know if I, so uninsurable is not a word I'd use because uh, the insurance company, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is getting insurance, you can insure just about anything. I'm only saying this wasn't like my findings. This was what my friend who oh, who rented the space prior, her experience was that she couldn't get insurance for the space. When, when I've had she, like, uh, the, I've commercial insurance is one of those like, 
they it's all a percentages thing. It's sure. not a. It, it's it, let me put it this way. I've never done it, so you're you know far well, more than me. Well, so I also am not talking about it from the. We this is something that who, someone who actually. Uh, so well, the part of the problem is all of the people involved are operating on commission. Sure. So everyone wants to get something, and they're all working with their uh, like a different pool of companies they work with that are equip, uh, effectively vendors, but when they. When they're quoting insurance, it's like when we buy a laptop. We're buying it knowing that if that motherboard is dead, we need to be able to recoup our costs. Sure, sure. This is a percentage-based decision for them. They're saying, we're going to charge them this much a year because there is this percentage that they'll actually need it, and we're doing this with this many people. Right, risk assessment or whatever. Right. So, uh, like, I've only – so when I – um so in other words, uh, insuring this place, I, I'm insured by some company in, I think, Connecticut. It might have been New Jersey. <laughs> Anyways, they've never been here. They've never sent someone here. They've whatever, uh, and I've insured so many different storefronts. Sure, um, I was using for the longest time a website called Hiscox, H I S C O X dot com. I don't know how that has still there been their brand. Like someone has got to have told them that they sound like a gay porn site, but they specifically did tech websites and they specialized in like MSPs. And you know the thing is, you really only need like general liability insurance. And that, anyways, long, sorry, where I'm going. No, you're is, fine. No, this is, this is fascinating. I, genuinely, as a business owner, because I haven't come up to this, but if I want to rent a space, I'm going to have to do it. So, mm-hmm. well, so that's part of why I'm saying it is because there, when, when you're trying to do something like, when you're trying to do the big things like this, there are so many people who everyone will tell you why it won't work. Sure, and sure, sure, sure. What it really, I don't, so one, there's a Thomas Edison quote, uh, I haven't failed, I've just found a thousand ways that don't work. To not do something, right. Yeah, like, I just put up a year in Worcester. Do you know how many people have not done that because they said it will be difficult, or the zoning department, so one, the zoning department didn't say no, they just took, <coughs> it just took like five emails in seven weeks for them to say, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 like, everyone's concerned about, you know, it's gonna, I guess what I'm trying to say is, they might have. I'm not saying that your friend didn't have that experience. I'm saying that it might take three or four insurance companies, and it might be slightly more expensive. But getting something insured is sure. just a matter of okay. On the subject of insurance, this is entirely off, but it's a fun whole thing. I drove a Dodge Charger for a while, and it was entirely so. I don't remember exactly how I did it, but but it was it was registered to me personally. But it was insured brand. It was branded as a shop. Like I had a nice vinyl on the side, and what this thing was was this this like. You know, 135 mile per hour tax deduction, uh, and it was it was fun and great. And what I try to remind people about is like it's not. I don't know. This is whole one of those. What? No, I'm I'm fascinated. Continue, please. With 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 uh, with it's all, the numbers are all coming from one side or the other. It, it, it's. Sorry, you know what? Actually, this is a whole tangent. I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> no, no, but I, I think I get what you're saying. Is like, uh, you'll insure anything. Oh, 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 no, I actually remember. That's even where this gets better. So I insured that. That's the reason I was able to... Uh, that's the reason this whole thing was a fucking tax deduction, was because it was insured as my business. Now, for most people, that doesn't make sense, because when you're insuring a car, it's like trying to insure... They, they effectively are like, whatever, it's a commercial vehicle. We don't give a shit if it's a truck or not. It's a commercial vehicle. It's a commercial vehicle. Right, right. So normally that means it is more expensive than insuring a car. But I had a really bad driving record, and this was a Dodge Charger, and I lived in Worcester. So it actually was cheaper to insure <laughs> commercially. Hilarious. <laughs> right? Than to do it personally. Yeah. and uh, Pro moves only. I, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like, like you have, this is, this is like, ridiculous. It's like I'd been in one car accident, and I had been driving for two years. So it costs, like, $500 for me to insure it myself, or, like, $400 for me to insure it as the business. And the $400 was tax deductible. And I'm just like, well, this is a well, no-fucking-brainer. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. 
But but it was a, it was like that the, the thing was like a, anyways I, I don't remember how I actually we were talking about something. Tatnik and the space over there that he was oh, talking about right and uh, stuff. so when you're looking yeah. at it as businesses uh, what it comes down to is sure some of these things might add up but they all they all get they tr- there's a trade off this this space didn't feel right no to me. no it also and that's ultimately what yeah. it boiled down yeah. to and I was using the other shit as my excuse oh yes yep yep, yep, yep. valid yeah um, all right yeah. if we're gonna keep going I just need to take five oh, yeah. Okay. yeah absolutely so do you want to wrap up. No, we can keep going. I'm having fun as shit. Take pause. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pause it. And we're back. <clears throat> okay, so after that last tangent, uh, what do we want to get started back on? Art, Worcester. Yawns. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about anything. I'm an open book. Did you have anything specific, Danny? Me? Um, no, no, I was just going to talk about Tatnik. I mean, I've been in Tatnik for a long time now. Um, what do you think about the video rental store that's going in Tannic? Video rent? You haven't heard this yet? No. Rewind video rental store? No. Oh, what? Yeah. Especially with Best Buy stopping DVDs. <laughs> this is super important. The homies are opening up a video rental store right there in Tannic, right next to uh, the arcade that opened up in Tannic. Right where Eddie used to be. Oh, oh, see, when we're saying Tatnik, I'm I'm thinking Tatnik Square, Sorry, like, yeah, by the airport, granted, or like June is, Street, June yeah, Street, this, right there, right there. Is this Tatnik extended? Dollars. Yeah, yeah, no, that's still Tatnik, that's still Tatnik. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, Chandler Street's right there, but it's still Tatnik. Respect, respect. Um, <laughs> no, okay, so right next to Materia. Yeah. Okay, okay, wow, that's lit. Okay, yeah. so it's going to be a nice little strip. I'm hoping for it. I'm I'm excited for them. So my my cousin just opened a barbershop shop right there on Newton Square. Yeah. Uh, right next to the pizza spot, right there at the Rotary. Newton Square Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So right next to it is uh, his barber shop, class of our own. And okay. I mean, he's been cutting hair for years, but he just opened that spot and it's doing really well. I mean, it looks nice in there. He painted it all himself. See so, a parking right there, or people are just parking? Yeah, them? you just park right there on the, on the side. Yeah. It's yeah, dope. on June or Pleasant, it's right there. Yep, you just boop boop. Hell yeah, it's dope. It's dope. So that's ill. Uh, so a video. So like, blockbuster. I guess I don't. I haven't actually gone in yet. I've been in once. Um, they weren't open yet, but <laughs> I, uh, but it looks so. It's a small. It's a small storefront, but the shelves are lined with DVDs. Holy and shit! Yeah, so uh, I I donated their computer for that that they're using, and it's they're just have got a database thing going right now. But like, yeah, Blockbuster, you you go in, you've got a weekly membership, you get a DVD, you bring a DVD back. Um, I'm assuming they're like checking it for scratches or some shit, but like all of it's donated anyways. So. Nice. Yeah, I got a pile I'm trying to bring down there of just yeah. shit That's... I don't want and watch. Right. That's dope because like. Something that me and uh, my fiance have been doing is trying to put my son onto movies that we watched as kids that we appreciated. Like, okay. and now he's at the point where, like, he's asking, he's like, "Oh, like, what did, like, what did you like to watch when you were little? Whatever. Like, is is there a movie that you used to watch that we could watch together?" Um, so a DVD store that would be like a whole shot for him because he's never seen that, dude. Yeah, and so that's without that, that's what they're trying to bring back—the like you know that. experience like of going out on a Friday night, Ooh, picking out what finding you guys are a going. movie, picking a movie, and bringing or, it home and watching it, or asking the person there, "Hey, I'm looking for this kind of vibe." Yeah. I legit like the thing I miss about DVDs are the extras. Oh like, hell yeah! The I fell in, in there. Well, the bloopers sure, but like I fell so. into the idea of of, of uh, practical effects because of. The extras from like Indiana Jones, please help yourself to that blueberry. Yeah. 
uh, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and like learning how they made movies. Yeah. That shit made me so much more interested in the craft. It and did. it's only because I had access to them on these DVD extras. Yeah. Nowadays, you rent a movie you're not watching. You have to like go to YouTube and hopefully yeah, they upload it. Yeah, and hopefully they have like, yeah, how they pulled it off. Because that was true. Like a lot of the special effects and stuff, they would show you right there. Like makeup, tuto- like not a tutorial, but they would be like, yo, this is, you know, they'd show you as exactly. the dude's getting the makeup for all the costumes. And you're like, damn, I never really thought about Star Wars being that deep. But damn, they have oh, the- 200 people in costume like. Or like how, what Jim Carrey had to do to put the Grinch makeup on. This is just one right. that I specifically green, remember. Oh my god! It drove, yeah, it literally drove him insane. <laughs> All the green. Bay. It was like four hours, four hours or something like that to shoot. Yeah, that must have added the heck up. So yeah, Tannic is cool. Tannic has cool shit coming in. Cool, and it's nice. already cool. Yeah. I yeah, used to. Sorry, go ahead. So I'm like deep. I'm uh, I'm like by assumption. Okay. But I'm like deep in the hills. But when I was in, I was a kid, like middle school, I would like take my bike and ride. Like I literally have to ride like two, three miles to get to just to get to Tatnik Square. Sure. But like so many good memories of just like middle of the night sneaking out of the house, taking my bike <laughs> and just like pshoom, jetting it down all the hills and like seeing who's awake. Yo, what's going on? Like. Come on, come, come outside, bro. Come outside. I'm outside your house. Why are you outside my house? <laughs> I hear those kids now. They're popping up and down. They're yeah, still dude. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I crazy. love to hear it. Yeah, dude. It's it's fun. It's I mean, fun. that's the thing about those neighborhoods. They're dead in the middle of the night. You go down Grafton Street, mm-hmm. and there's lights. There's noises. Like it's not it's not dead. No. I, uh, no. So I, when I moved, I moved to Worcester when I turned 18, and moved is probably not the right word. I got dropped off at a group home on uh, Richmond Ave, off of Pleasant, Understood. and. Um, Entirely separately, but I was recently looking at a, a redlined map of Worcester, and it's kind of it was like I got dropped. Like so, the the the, the corner of the area was effectively Frat Flag Street, and anyways, like I got dropped off on the the nice edge of Worcester. <laughs> okay, what I realized, you know, a month ago. Sure. Um, but but like over in Tatnick, and so like uh, Westwood uh, Grill was there. This was right next to oh fuck, uh, R.I.P. Um, uh, the pizza uh, corner grill. stone or corner grill, corner yeah, grill yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they were um, they were unique and amazing, amazing in a different way. Yeah. Anyways, um, I, but I used to walk those neighborhoods, and so I was in a group home with a bunch of other rascals of my age, and uh, we we had. So, do you guys remember when uh, Dunkins did the free uh, coffee Wednesdays? If you had a coupon, you could have a free coffee for Wednesday, and the coupon was only good for a month. No, I, didn't rem- I don't remember. No one ever does, and maybe I got the details <laughs> wrong, or maybe it could have been just your location specifically. No, no, I mean this was Worcester. So, so no, I went. With, I wasn't like, here at that point. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. I was in Connecticut. So no, well, it definitely wasn't one Duncan's because we, me and three friends took a midnight walk down Park Ave uh, and hit up three different Duncan's to get a bunch of different coffees, and uh, <laughs> I was the only one who actually brought any money, and they just reused the the thing because apparently that was what the coupon allowed you to do, and that's probably why they never fucking did it again, but. <laughs> So you and your friends job the job the system. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, but but uh, so this was middle of the night, and the reason. So, anyways, uh, someone had a free hot tub um, on the side of their. I mean, like it was probably broken. I don't know. Anyways, oh, they're giving it away. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like a hot tub with a free sign, and we see this as we're leaving, and we're like, ah, that would be fun. And so I, this was before I smoked. But they were all snowed out of their mind. Anyways, the four of us uh, effectively carried it back and left it on the front lawn of the group home. And then, come, you know, tying it back into the prisoner's dilemma thing, not a single one of us ratted on the other side. Hell yeah. <laughs> so they had no fucking clue. Like, this thing just showed up. Well, so so they, 
they knew who did it. There was a group of troublemakers there, but they had no actual clue who, who like, which people did it, so they couldn't do anything about it. And that thing took, like, that thing disappeared the day before an inspection, like, seven weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, those those neighborhoods are great to walk around in the middle of the night. <laughs> right, it, it's just a whole different. It's a whole different world, dude. It really is. There's no hustle and bustle. It's like it's, it's weird. It's, it's you're basically your own town out there. It is. It is. It's like you might as well be. Honestly, call it Greendale. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay with calling it Worcester. You know, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm weird. <laughs> I'm weird. I would actually like to see a little bit more hustle and bustle. Truthfully, just yeah. up the main corridor, well, maybe not yeah, in the hoods. Yeah, in in yeah, I agree. I agree. It's because the thing is, when I when I was growing up on Shrewsbury Street, it was like we were in a condo, shit, and it was like, but we were like side by side in these condos, so we had all that, and then we had you know a, a street full of neighbors, and so when we would come outside, it was like the kids were outside, you know what I'm saying? We would yeah. play football, we play baseball, we just we were kids, like it was that. But then when I moved to Tatnik, it just wasn't because you're so far up on the hill. There's like there's no real communal area to link up. Like we would link up in the middle of the street and then go walk to the basketball court or something. In Tatnik, it's like literally like I was saying, I would have to hop on my bike and ride like three miles to get to Logan basketball field. And then I get to see a couple friends and we could shoot around and shit. But um, it's like we didn't we lost that. We lost that kid that that. Get your friends. Go go run down the street. Get your friend and run outside. Type yeah. type of atmosphere. Um, I don't know if Tatnik has that. I mean, maybe certain clicks do certain areas. I hear but. kids walking up and down to the basketball court. Granted, I'm in walking distance from the Cumberland Farms there. So oh, so you're right there. Yeah, I'm you're, literally right there. Yeah, so yeah. like I, I so don't you know you where these them. cats are coming. Yeah, from. you hear. Them. And that's the thing. My my uncle also lived right down, um, like at the crest of uh, South Flag Street. Okay, right to cut over to May. And then, um, so he lived there for a little bit. So I would sleep over there and at night we would do the same thing, hop out the window <laughs> and just walk around. So it was like, be, but only because we knew shit was there. There was honey farms there, Cumberland's and like McDonald's. So we could walk around and there was right. shit to do. Right, right, right. But if I'm doing that up on the, on the hill, it's like, fam, I got to walk for 45 minutes, an hour <laughs> before yeah, people's backyards. If I'm being <laughs> quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you're describing is more closer to like my upbringing in Watertown, Connecticut, which is, you know, suburbia. Yeah. Like, it gets real. That, that's the perfect word, suburb. suburb. Like, I forgot what, it, what yeah. suburb exactly. And uh, like, parts of it's cool. Parts of it that's like, I don't it's safer to grow up in that, arguably, for some yes. case. But it also, like, having that connectivity to, I don't know, communal areas. Is and that social aspect. Yeah. It's, 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 almost like invaluable like you can't really put a put a price to it it's just like dude it's just a whole different lifestyle you know so i i grew up uh, well not grew up i grew up all over massachusetts but uh, i left my parents house when i was eight ish that's a whole separate series of stories but sure. for the first not really first eight years but from two to eight i lived uh my, and my mom still lives there uh on a cul-de-sac in Shrewsbury. and so i didn't there wasn't actually anyone else in the neighborhood my uh, my parents had so when my brother was born, he's five years younger than me. There's like 15 other people he grew up with in the same neighborhood. I had like two other people who were within three or four years of me. Yeah, so it didn't work out the same way. But it's a it's a it, you know that having a cul-de-sac, a dedicated area that all the kids could play, and that right. you know there you weren't know cars. There's no cars. Yeah. 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 It was a very very different 
from what you guys are describing because yeah. you know you didn't have to worry about cars. This was right. an environment where people expected to see children. Right, and that's that's kind of like what I missed out on when I moved out of Shrewsbury Street, and that's what I was like craving as a kid was like. Damn, that used to be, you know, that used to be the shit to do. You wake up, you run outside, boom, you're doing something. What are you guys doing? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whose house are we going to? Whatever, you know? I, uh, I didn't have that. Like, I had friends in the neighborhood, but you had to, like, pedal over to their place. Yeah. As a kid, I always wanted that, like, Hey Arnold lifestyle. Oh, my God, where yeah. you go outside and just meet a bunch of kids playing stickball. Right. I, 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 I don't yeah. know. I had that for a little bit, and then I, and I missed it forever. I envy Still that. miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I had some aspects of that. So, you know, after, so I got kicked out of public school in uh, second grade for, I don't know, aggressive, I don't know, untreated everything. Sure, um, sure, and, sure, sure. Uh, and uh, I, so I ended up in very special education schools. My first one was a, a, a all-boys school in Framingham with like 25 kids. And um, where, where I'm going with this is, uh, so, you know, we, we'd end up after school and there I was playing with the same 25 kids every single fucking day. Sure. It, it was, uh, I don't Were know. you guys, like, stayed in the same house? Uh, so that or place facility was, or short whatever? answers, yes. Longer answers, it was five days a week, which was actually really uncommon and weird. Oh. Uh, most of these are either seven days or you go during school. Okay. Uh, like, most of these are either, they're called literally seven days, and this one was a five day, which I found out in later programs was uh, somewhat unheard of. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, there's other ones with like various levels. Uh, there's one I went to in Methuen for a few years, and that had uh, they call it units, but it's effectively like this big old school church building with um, six different I don't know like hospital ward Kyle th- kind of things. It was actually so like you know you'd have literally like your dormitory over here, which were a bunch of open you know walls with uh, with curtain doors. And then you, you could go and, like, walk over an uh, area, and then there's the living room area, and then go over another one, and there's the kitchen. And then there's the same thing mirrored on the other side. Uh, and then there's, like, six of these in a building with, like, administrative offices on the first floor. And it was connected to another building that was all the school thing. So I'd literally, like, walk through the basement to school. There were weeks when I didn't have to go outside. It was weird. Um, but where I'm going with all this is uh, when we're talking about community and, you know, you know being stuck in it's a whole different so in other words i had i i, I had I didn't, an oddly specific set of skills for the fallout scenario and now i'm going to your fallout shelter that's right. what i'm hearing this yeah. is what i'm not to steal your thunder but this is what i'm hearing continue what you were saying i mean yeah it worked out really i mean short ins- that, that that is absolutely one of the ways this worked out yeah I, i'm really good in institutionalized settings and working with systems and all that uh and you know specific groups of people you don't have a choice in the matter these are the people you're working with mm. um but also uh like it was it was a fascinating amount of i got exactly what you're describing that now go out and play but not the <laughs> figure out what you're going to do with your friends <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're doing with your friends can right exactly it's like go on the playground or you're in trouble <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> this was also around the same time someone suggested like thought it'd be a good idea for me to do a book report on mein Kampf, uh hitler's biography and I got in trouble for going around the playground saying I'm uh, genocidal and taking over this playground one by one. And I was nine. Uh, and, like, I didn't yeah, understand. Right. Somebody like, was just like, somebody not. just planted a fucking nuke in your brain. It was like, go to town, little I, kid. I mean, like, they, they, were, the they were trying to get me to interact with people I didn't want to interact with and giving me the tools to make it go badly. Like, I don't yeah, know what they dude, They sabotaged your shit. They sabotaged their own shit. They were idiots. <laughs> everyone, everyone kept exp- Anyways, that was a whole, this is a whole series of separate conversations. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Uh. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. 
we were talking earlier about things being on the record and uh, you know that's part of it is like you know you have to be able to acknowledge where you once were to be able to acknowledge i don't know how far it's taken to get to where you are yeah 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 you get to appreciate a little more too yeah i'm also thankful that i didn't grow up on the internet like these kids today oh my god right yeah Yeah, Yeah. because like i i I wasn't really at a point where i can just spout off a bunch of bullshit on the internet before i recognized that it was you know permanent yeah 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 no it's it's a little spooky to be honest, just seeing seeing how like it's like I don't know. I feel like we've seen <clears throat> we've all seen those uh, those like moving gifs that it's just like you know fucking people people being shopped through a factory and like you know turned into computers. Blah, blah, blah. But it's really like it fucks with me because I've seen it. Just like kids, babies holding a fucking tablet or a phone, and just like oh, for sure, being glued to it. You know what I so, mean? So I mean, it's it not me. It it's not just them. Like yeah. so, so one there, there was a great movie that everyone should watch if you haven't already called um, fuck, uh, the social dilemma, and it's effectively the algorithm making people who might potentially be far right way yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yep. but so. That aside, taking aside the you know the the thing I was talking about earlier about if you're doing things for re, for engagement, you're you're gonna reduce the validity of what you're putting out there. Um, taking that whole like you know doing things for likes aside out of it, there's the uh, if you're um, fuck I got I lost where I was going with this. God damn it! There was this very specific. I uh, wait. I was connected right there for a second. You're um. Give me a moment. I. Ding. Right? What were we just on? No, you were uh, in the dilemma. We were talking about... Right, social dilemma. Social... Thank you. Yeah. Um, social media. Uh, ha- having a... Fuck. Nope. That was it. It was <laughs> social media. So I, so I had started this by saying I'm glad that I didn't have these early thoughts recorded because oh. I've definitely said some dumb shit in my life. Yes. Yeah. Um, people... People. So one, people making their... Sorry. All these apps are addictive is where I was actually kind of going with this. Is, you know, that's why I stopped carrying a phone is because I realized, like, first and foremost, I was about to put on a I – w- I was about to install apps that that prevented me from using other apps on timed, like, either based on my geographic location or, oh, you've used Facebook for an hour today. No more. Yeah. Like, I was about to, to like, limit myself via more apps, and I realized maybe <laughs> – maybe I, I wasn't – not just that. I was going to schedule – Okay, but, but here's the problem. I still need to be able to receive notifications. So I was yeah. going to be, like, combining, like, three different apps to create a app environment. Hey, with- dog, we heard you like apps, so we put an app for your app. Exactly. Yeah, and I realized, no, the solution is not more fucking apps. <laughs> app ecology. Yeah, um, but, but, like, all of these apps are designed... So here's the way I've been describing it. You know uh, you know that thing in Deadpool uh, that, that uses... like you, you guys have both seen Deadpool 1, right? Okay, right. so the machine that keeps him on the edge of life by, with oxygen... Okay, so that's what they're doing, but with our focus. And mm. not just Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever. All of the all of these apps, you know, everything. I wouldn't say email is doing it, but all of these apps. So here's something, you know, if you click on a link in Facebook, it now opens it in Facebook. Mm-hmm. All of these apps want to stop you from going to other apps. And what I've realized is none of these apps absolutely actually do everything I'm looking for well. So I need to build an ecosystem based on like seven different apps. Yeah. And some of these apps are deliberately trying to make me stay within their apps, which def- which make- which complicates what I'm actually trying to do. Uh-huh. Anyways, I-, I realize you know these these none of these apps are designed for use by like they're designed to be used by the consumer, but not with the consumer in mind. They're just I don't no, know. Yeah, that's why they're free. 
Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, no, not even. I mean, so yeah, most of them, but but also, and that's the whole other thing. The 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 whole model of we're we're free, but we're just going to make our ads more and more obnoxious until you pay for us. Yeah, or buy something that that but, we have a cut on. But even what you're describing, like you're describing these companies are vying for our attention. I feel like that is literally everything, everywhere, all the time. Like yeah, right now, advertising. the three of us sitting here talking, recording this, putting it on media, putting it out there, we want somebody to listen to that. So we are literally asking somebody to spend some of their very precious limited time on this phase of this planet to spend some time listening to us. Yeah. Um, and I think in uh, that understanding that we're all just vying for each other's attention constantly, like it's it's – mindful as to pick where that your attention is going, whether or not you need an yeah. app or you have the self-discipline to do whatever. Yeah. And there's no judgment regardless. You just you right. play to your uh, benefits or you play to your strengths. Um, but the important part is being deliberate. Be, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. What I was kind of alluding to earlier, though, is that like I've seen a friend recently deal with the fallout of – them putting a bunch of their early thoughts or they upset another creator and that creator then uh, sadistically or meticulously went back yeah. through their channels and showed a bunch of very problematic shit. Like mm-hmm. like this person shouldn't have said a lot of the shit that they put up on, on social media early on. Yeah. I didn't have that, that like fear because I just didn't have that outlet. Right. But I, you know, that moment came to me a different way. Like, I'm on record, and I don't mind telling you guys. Like, I said a really fucking stupid thing in high school one time. I, I said a racial, not a racial, but a Jew. I made a, I made a comment about Jewish people, mm-hmm. and my friend Talia jumped across the, or Shana, rather, her sister, uh, jumped across the counter, the lunch table, and slapped me in the face. Huh. Like, she just whapped me something good. And good for her. I, it's not usually that quick. But genuinely, David, like, I am so appreciative to this day. Yeah. The understanding, it gave me so much understanding that my words have power, that, that I really need to think about what I'm saying, that I can't make these generalizations based on all these fucking life lessons started in that moment getting slapped in the face. Yeah. I didn't have to deal with it with the internet and getting, whether or not you want to call it canceled or... Yeah, or taken down or losing a job or some shit. So yeah. it's great that we're so I, this is an extension of that conversation earlier of, you know, when people what, what about when people grow and, you know, all the shit. So anyways, yeah, the reason I'm I'm this is extremely relevant for me is, as I mentioned, I've been getting more into politics. I'm going to be running for something next time. I'm not certain what, mm-hmm. but where I'm going with this is uh, I'm not planning on pruning my Facebook like I'm not going through. And, and like this is worth acknowledging because I was. I don't problematic is not the best description, but I was a toxic, abusive piece of shit in my mid twenties, and I had a lot of drama on Facebook, uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know, I, but also like I, you know, if you if you look at my first profile pictures, like they were Guy Fox masks and like uh, you know memes. There was a Dexter, like the serial killer, not the well. There was Dexter the serial killer and Dexter the la- the, the uh, scientist. So, anyways, when yeah, Dexter's to, lab is Dexter's on your lab. brand sheet for HCR that oh, you shared with yes. me recently. Yes, <laughs> continue. Yeah, valid as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. You know what? Honestly, it'd probably be more problematic if I had man. Actually, let's take that a step back. I was I was Voldemort. For, sorry, I was Harry Potter for four years straight for Halloween, and then the year after that, I'm, uh, I was Voldemort. So, like, <laughs> oh, no. like that, that's the whole. Anyways, that that's a whole separate. But where I'm trying to go with this is I'm about to run for something in politics. I don't fucking know what. But people are already, like, uh, I, it got back to me from two different sources that two different people were trying to dig up shit on me in the past weeks. What they came up with was that my I've changed my last name, 
which is like comical because I'm not, I don't hide that. Like this comes up in conversation somewhat frequently. Um, I mean, apparently not enough people knew about it. I, I made a big post about it a few weeks ago. But what I'm trying to say is people are digging up shit and they're going to find it and I'm going to have to talk about it. Right. And, uh, you know, other people who are going to be running for, for various things next time have been in have been in Worcester office since before Facebook existed. Yeah, which is nuts. Like, they have been politicians keeping their public nose clean. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is control the narrative, really. I mean... Or just not say anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I feel like even that is there's there's some control in that because there's some discipline in in holding your tongue and letting your actions speak for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't want to tie it into into my life, but I feel like... I feel like... It, like you said, people are going to dig up shit. It's going to come up. Rather than hide it, rather than try to make a facade or, or, or you know, try uh, try to pull the wool over, over, the, over the eyes, deal with it head on. You know what I'm saying? Face the music and, and worst case scenario is like, okay, we, we don't see eye to eye. Like, uh, well, no, I mean, worst, worst case scenario, it, you know, so it's like there's, there's a lot of conversations that are going to be a lot, very difficult for me to have and for the community to have and... Um, I don't know. There, there's, there's, you know, I, I had an impact five years ago too. It wasn't necessarily as positive as I am now. Yeah. But five years ago is probably a bit too recent at this point. I keep lose track of time. And anyways, what I'm trying to say is, um, no, it, it, it digs up old stuff. It's not yeah. just about the, the difficult conversations, but it's, well, so the, so part of the reason I'm not really that worried is because I'm, I'm not who I was then. And well, there's so a lot of people who, so I, I think this is what you're saying is I don't really have to describe all of the improvements I've made because there's a lot of people who have known me since before then and after and, and have seen everything. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah, dude. Yep. Uh, but just, I mean, not to warn you, but you're clearly coherent of it, that that shit is going to come to light. All of it, especially if you run for something as as public as office, like it is ridiculous how, and it's not all people. It's it's a few people. It's, no, it's fucking it, Jay Given. Yeah, uh, digging in his, spending his time, fucking just wasting his energy. Yeah, honestly, digging up shit. I didn't even think about that when I was uh, talking. Like Red Metro posted about me like a week ago. And when, uh, because I was on city council, they took a screenshot of me taking a video of a uh, Bergman and uh, said I was a pedophile and a predator, which are like not fucking light things. Yeah, very slanderous. And, yeah, uh... yeah. Uh, and I mean, for what it's worth, like I, you know, I'm so I'm not a pedophile under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as far as predator, it's you know, my I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because uh, predator is one of the things that people have described about my behavior, not because of age, but. Uh, you know, twenty-year-olds who were leaving abusive situations to to live with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was my my behavior was my relationships were predatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think predator is is a I don't know. You have to be trying to take advantage of people to some yeah. extent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, I I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is I was taking advantage of power dynamics I wasn't aware of. But I it was not a my goal was not the power dynamics. Uh, and right. I, I think that the. Whereas it was, it was something, I don't know, in fact, it was the opposite. I was trying to empower these people and then frustrated when they, you know, were 21 and not able to start their own businesses. Uh, it, mm. it, so it was, but, but what I'm trying to say here is there's, there's a whole, it is about the narrative, but also it's, it's a lot about the impact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been called a lot of bad things, but there's, there's actually, a li- I don't know, what I'm trying to say here is, yeah, all of this shit is going to come out, um, but 
it's not that I can't have com- it's not that the, the the it's not that it's just the difficult conversations. The the real this was something I'm trying to remember who it was I talked with the other day because the the reason oh another one of our guests uh, who we have to have back at some point, but the, the 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 conversation was effectively reaching out to people who, yeah, I can't mention them because they're going to want to talk about this whole thing. Reaching out to people who who you have hurt uh, is effectively revictimizing them. You can't reach out and say, "Hey, I'm sorry mm. for who I was then," because one, it, you know, it might have been something they're not thinking about anymore. Two, it, it, anyway. So there's a long list of, in other words, the general public is going to start conversations uh, mm-hmm. that. That public that that uh, you know individuals haven't had with me, and I haven't had in, with individuals. Uh, about f- three or four years ago, a former roommate asked me when I was going to run for something, and um, at the time, my response was, "When I'm able to take accountability for who I was, and I don't know what that looks like yet, and I still don't. I still don't have an actual answer for that. Uh, but like it, you know, it's not. A, this is about way bigger. Like what it comes down to. So that's the other side. That the downside of this is one. What I have done in the grand scheme of, of politicians is. Like, I, I have traumatized people, I have hurt people, but the general public is not as outraged about the, the, the kind of abuse as it should be, is what it really kind of comes down to. Like, this is going to come out that I've been a problematic person. Uh, unfortunately, everyone I talk to about this kind of thing, and many, I, I've talked to many different, like, <laughs> you know what, I, I, it doesn't even matter. I, two of the people who, who are running for mayor right now have uh, have said, oh, I've, I have things in my past when I start to talk to them about this. Yeah. And that's the general response around everything. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, oh, and that's the whole other thing. And this is, you know, it's a difficult conversation to have, but I'm going to be having it a lot. So uh, what, what, one, what I really needed to do was take a difficult, hard look at myself, say, yeah, I'm the problem. I need to change. Um, I have always been the problem. And I have, you know, that has had a problematic result. Like, you know, even once I change, that doesn't undo any of the, like, I can't unvictimize people. I can't unharm people. I can't untraumatize anyone. I can just make sure I don't. Anyways, where I'm going with this is Worcester needs to take a really, really difficult, hard look at itself and say, hey, I am a piece of shit who is actively hurting people and I need to change. Mm. And its current administration is doing the exact opposite of that. So, I, I, I like. Don't get me wrong. This is not like it's not going to come up to some extent or another. Unfortunately, I'm counting on it because we need oh, it. More power yeah. to you, homie. And if you're able to have those conversations, and, uh, and, and like that's the thing is, maybe I won't win, but I'm going to start some really big conversations about Worcester. Like I'm saying, yes, I was an abusive piece of shit, and Worcester is an abusive piece of shit. <laughs> like, look at the way it behaves. That's an interesting platform Word. to start your campaign, but not, I'm with not, it. I'm not, with you. Not start. I'm going to wait for someone else around. to start it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I so a lot of what you're describing is similar to my uh, interests in this city. However, I just want to figure out a way to inv- uh, be the change without having to be in public office. Well, I, so I don't envy any of those people or what they have to do. Well, so the only reason I'm going for public office is because I've realized I'd be good at it. So sure. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, it's your strengths, man. Yeah, like this isn't a, like I don't fucking want to be in like no god like look at so they get you know like look at this the mayor uh-huh. gets paid under fifty thousand a year. Oh the, yeah, the, it's thankless. Yeah, and then the the other people get like thirty eight. Uh, the the uh, city councilors. What I'm trying to say here is this is not about the fucking like this is not the the power is it, it, like pff, anyways. What I'm trying to say here is uh, six year strengths and uh, focus. So one. Uh, every time I go up and stand in front of city council, even if I have zero impact on city council, even if they don't, you know, listen, no one's like, anyways. Even if Mayor Petty shuts off your microphone. Exactly. Uh, well, even if that happens, uh, what what really ends up coming down to is that the other people are inspired by me. 
other people say, hey, he did that, I can do that. Sure. Yes. And that is what I'm so, – so that is the value of like, you know, even if there isn't a direct impact in activism, I guess what I'm trying to say is do whatever your strengths are, but do it somewhat loudly to your immediate audience in the uh-huh. – only in the aspect of – I am doing this in a way that I I don't know I um, I I already told uh, uh, um, Gemma Kamara's uh, she's one of the people running for uh, educational uh, she, and she's, school board yeah school board she's great I I said I'm too autistic for phone banks and I'm going to do these other things and I'm uh, I, I posted that on, on Facebook this afternoon because what I'm trying to say is I understand that you might not be able to do this this or this but show up in this way right. so in other words I don't know figure out how you can have the best impact and do that yeah agreed agreed agreed. But I look at the people that, especially like our, our current uh, group of counselors, like uh, Atel and Two, and the amount of amazing work those two people are doing, and the amount of just absolute bullshit that they have to deal with. That the only reason they have to deal with the bullshit is because they're in the position that they are, and uh, they're both incredible people. And we, I don't know, Worcester. They're, they're the reasons I'm. I've gotten as active as I. They're the reason I. I got active. That they are inspirational, and their loudness about the problems in our city is why I've started paying attention. Mm -hmm. I mean, in some regards, yeah, same. And Bill Shaner. I have Bill Shaner to blame. Oh, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, how could you not? Worcester sucks. Yeah, but I mean, I literally have Bill because uh, in the middle of the pandemic, I think is when we started, we were like, we got to do this show where Bill was already watching the city council meetings. Brian from Brian O'Donnell from Nanny Comedy and Sean Connolly were like, all right, we'll do a show where it's like uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater, but it'll just be us making fun of the city councilors. <laughs> and we've been doing this shit now for over three years, I think. It's we where, do it so every I, Tuesday night on Twitch. I don't watch it, bro. Yeah, see, seriously, it's great. I, I, like, it makes it actually bearable because, like, otherwise you're just watching a candy talk to herself for five minutes. <laughs> no. It took something that I could not give two fucks about. Right. And, like, my Made homies needed some help. Made it fun. I host it, so I yeah. produce the stream. I do stuff in the background, and I'll chime in every now and again, but it's not necessarily my forte. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because I'm now part of this thing, I have now watched Hours upon hours, oh like God. I probably over a hundred hours of sitting. <laughs> it is like miserable. Is that Tuesday? So tomorrow? It'll be at tomorrow night. We start at six fifteen. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, there's something up there for uh, I think busking that might be really helpful. Uh, Bergman's being uh, helpful to Jeff, which obviously I think is just trying, you know, him trying to say, "Hey, I'm helping people." But I okay. so Jeff and I talk. I did the Fam Jam logo. Jeff's a homie. Good. Uh, I showed Jeff a picture that we saw in London that I'd love to see instituted here in Worcester. And it was, uh, granted, this was in a subway, but I can picture it somewhere down on Main Street or somewhere in the Canal District. It's a circle, right? It's a defined space. And the way this works in London is buskers rent it out by the hour. And they apply for it, and it becomes their space for a certain amount of time. And they can perform in this space for in their allotted time. It allows anybody with a busking permit to come in to use this space. It's a designated space, so any walker by can anticipate seeing a performer in this space. And then it also potentially provides, like, a viewing area. They put it in a spot that had an extension in the back so it wouldn't impede traffic as much. Mm. There are a couple spaces that open up that have, you know, some unused areas uh, specifically right around the ballpark, I think, would be some great areas yeah. that they can designate some primary busking spots. Yeah. Where, in a perfect fucking world, when there isn't a stupid baseball game, we can continue to use this big open space that 
apparently can't hold shows, so we'll just have a bunch of concerts going on outside from independent artists. Yeah. At this point, I don't know why they don't just dig out the, the entrance a little more. Like, I understand it might be, you know... It's building codes and something to do with the ballpark design. Well, so the, 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 the reason we have this stupid problem is because they tried to make it like Fenway, but uh, then they made it like a foot shorter, and yeah. apparently that extra... You can't get trucks in. Yeah, and it's also like you have to go down to get in here, where like you don't have to in Fenway. Yeah, and they don't want to pay for the cranes to lift shit in, but if yeah. like the right, anyway. Yeah, just a mess. Just a mess. Yeah, <laughs> I've still only been to one game. I hate the baseball team. Oh, I have my own gripes. <laughs> I yeah. was part of their fucking logo announcement video. Oh, well, Ryan sorry. Gardell and I did, where they showed the first video of the logo and we sprayed the logo on the side of Wormtown. That's Ryan Gardell and I. Hey, show it, Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I think of you, you every now and then when I walk by and I'll see there's this, the Every shirts. time I it's, see that fucking blue hat. Wait, yeah. which hat did you do? Ah, no, so I did the name for um the Latin, like Latin alternate name. Okay. So they have a... A fun cup every summer um, that the teams can enter into, and being that most of the teams are predominantly Hispanic, they get to rename the team for these special games, like these cup games. Okay. So when they were the Paw Sox, they were Osos Polares, which is polar bears. They were the, you know, Paw Tucket polar bears. Um, so when they came to Worcester, they did a fan. They well, did a the fan. They plan called meeting. them Wepas. Yeah. Uh, so I gave them that name, Los Wepas de Worcester. Wrote it on the paper, gave it to the dude. Dude's like, "What is that?" Da 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 da. He, I guess he is in Puerto Rican. Um, and he asked his homegirl who was with him, and she was like, "Oh yeah, no, it means this, this, and this." And I'm like, "I'm telling you, bro, this is the name. Like, I'm blessing you, low key." Um, yeah, and then they took it, ran with it. Uh, they gave me the first pitch, but then they also had, like, seven other people pitch the first pitch that time, which was the only time I've ever seen more than one person nah, pitch. they've a- done that. They've done multiple first Okay, okay, pitch. okay. They, but yeah. all- they stack it up. They just yeah, <laughs> well, that was my thing was like, was like, yo, but but I've also seen, like, I've seen I've seen a proper first pitch where it's like, right. yo, one That's person. That's the way it should be. That's what I'm saying. So, so I'm thinking, like, I'm a humble dude, right? I'm super humble. Uh, I didn't really care too much until it was like kind of rubbed in my face and and i felt some sort of way because like cool i could i could eat that but bro i got to throw the pitch cool uh seven other people doing it too i don't mind cool whatever um but like i had to buy my own jersey bro like i had to buy my own fitted uh like fam i i know for a fact because i'm i'm a i'm a like I'm involved with this shit now, right? Like, I gave you the name, so now I'm a fan. I'm a woosoxer. Uh, like, <clears throat> I'm getting emails. I'm I'm seeing that y'all are bragging on your pages about how quick you're selling merch. And, like, though all the woosox shit is sold out, I, I, like, y'all can't even restock the hats fast enough. And I'm like, yo, y'all couldn't cut me a check. Y'all couldn't, like, give me a shout-out. Y'all couldn't give me a, a little plaque. Y'all couldn't, like, something. You know what I'm saying? I'm a humble dude, you know what I'm saying? It's it's not about that, but once it's once it's shown in my face, like it's celebrated almost. Like, yo, we're really eating off this shit. It's, then it's the like, fact that they ran all the way to the fucking bank and then some. Right. I got a similar story about that. Yeah, dude. It's just like it's so gross. When they announced the Polar Park, right? My buddy was working for them and they needed a quick merch design and they didn't like anything they had. This was before the team was fully like decided on their name. Yeah. So they came 
my buddy came to me and be like, yo, you got anything? And I came up with this design that's a heart with a baseball, and it has Polar Park down here, and it has like a heart. It's a baseball made out of a heart made out of a baseball. Okay. Okay? I sold that to them for 500 bucks. Fucking short money. Just yeah. Fucking nothing. Yeah. Little did I know that not only were they going to make T-shirts and hats and fucking use all this shit at the announcement, at the groundbreaking of Polar Park, right? They used all this shit. They're showing the logo. They fucking made specific shovels with this fucking logo on the goddamn shovel. And the shovel's a baseball bat with this fucking shovel head and this logo that I made for the groundbreaking. Wow. This was the logo for the groundbreaking. I didn't get any of that shit. I had to buy a t-shirt. Right, not even a handshake. I like. got one t-shirt. I had to buy an extra t-shirt, and I all I wanted was one of those fucking shovels. Right, yeah. dude. Y'all could have hooked it up with a shovel. And they'd given me a used shovel, and I would have been more tickets on to it. a game. Never right, no, and that's and that's my thing. Is like, it's like, fam, the the that human connection part of the whole, and that's what makes me feel like. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. I, I vaguely believe in, like, brujeria and shit like that, like, like spells and incantations and shit. But it's, like, the whole, like, just energy about that place is just not sitting right. The whole the fact that all, almost all of Green Street, all the businesses, like, just fucking rotted and decayed. and It's, like, fam, are we, like... Are they're, we... they're coming up. They're, so, they're, like, they're changing. So I've got yeah. a, a series of thoughts on this relating back to Worcester politics. But it's... So it's fascinating that you described your, you know, only concept of Worcester being, uh, you know, someone's car getting broken into. Because I think a lot of people have that or I got towed by Pat's towing and I went there to drink. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. So so where I'm going with this is I think – so Worcester for a long time had a crime problem, right? No. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, so here's where I'm going with this. I think Worcester has had far less of a crime problem and more of an overfun- uh, uh, overfunded police problem and a need to justify that with a narrative – of a crime problem. Mm. And so the reason I'm bringing this up, if we, if we acknowledge that this is more less of a crime problem and more of a narrative problem, well, the solution to that is the, is the you need a new narrative. And that's where the ballpark comes in. So I think Polar Park changed the narrative of Worcester from they have a crime problem to they're getting a new ballpark and actually they're up and coming. And Worcester faked it until it made it at the, court, at the expense of three decades of debt. For its people. <laughs> I think the Renaissance talk started before the stadium was an actual thing. Oh, we definitely did. Like, I'm sure we could find articles talking about it was the Renaissance. Well, and it years. happened two other times prior to this iteration of the Renaissance. But what I'm saying is, I think the ballpark was part and point because of the momentum that Worcester was experiencing, but then also caused its own momentum because of it. Agreeing with you is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like we don't. The momentum isn't because of it. It was definitely. It's the other way around. We got a ballpark to further the momentum we were we were gathering. Or like a lake with a lot of wakes happening, and and they just came in with their larger speedboat, and now they're making a wake. But there was already some other cool shit happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But to your point about Green Street, like I look at Fem, and I'm I'm hopeful Fem, for yeah. that. Yes. And yep. like sundown, the homie, that's where my show was. Sean's trying his best. People need to go out to these places. People need to support these places. Yeah. Because if we're trying to have a local, I mean, if, even if drinking isn't your thing, go fucking find Mama Roo and go get yourself one of the best goddamn chicken sandwiches you'll ever have the pleasure of putting on your lips. Because, 
or if that's not your thing, you like you're a vegetarian. He's got parade cheese and crackers. And yeah. one of my stories, we got to support these local spots because we can't be bitching about the, the outside money coming in and the base, the ballpark not doing shit, and all these other people right. not doing shit. If we ain't if going we ain't out doing and supporting shit. the people that are actually doing the shit, yeah, because yeah. there are people doing shit. Yeah, facts. I think like Green, that Green Street's such a good example because Femme is fantastic, Sundown is fantastic, but you walk between the two and it's like a wasteland. I, I my partner and I went and got uh, sushi one night at that Chinese oh, food yeah. place. Uh, I forget. Yeah, we had to go through a metal detector to get in, and they gave us a, a wristband. And I'm like, what the? F- what? I thought I was getting food. Right? <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people go there after Water Street, so I yeah, I it's guess. like it's like more it's more of a club and a drinking spot than uh than a food place. It just happens to have like decent food. I think we were early enough in the night that it was still a food spot. It was primarily. still like, low key. Somebody was definitely having a party there. Like somebody was having a birthday party. But. Well, that's the thing, dude. It's like it's because right next to it used to be Union Tavern. I don't know if you remember Union Tavern. Uh, so right next to that was like huge fucking. Huge drinking spot, like sure. getting trash and like. Is that then, the one that became the salty dog? Uh, yes, for salty like dog two, saloon or something. Yeah, for like after two that, years. for yeah, like a quick moment. Yeah, yep. So that spot was huge, and then people would like get cra- get trashed, and then go to my ties and get food, and get more trashed, and sure, then, sure. then walk up to Water Street, and then get more trashed, and like yep, that was a whole era, and that was. That was crazy. So many fights, dude. So many fights on Water Street and Green Street and, like, drunk, drunk, drunk nights, dude. Yeah, I used to actually specifically avoid Water Street. Like, yeah, dude. Hell. Hell on earth. Drunk people everywhere. Yeah, dude. It's just fucking trashed. Everybody's drinking in their car and, like, it's nuts, dude. <laughs> interesting day and age that was. Okay, but uh, anyone else? So there's partly to- where that reputation's coming from. What'd you say, my home? <laughs> no, I, I was going to say anyone remember uh, Tammany Halls. That was a whole separate. Oh, yeah. No, no, but but so about the reputation. That's kind of what I'm trying to say with Polar Park. It is a, it is a, it's a marketing move. Polar Park is a giant fucking billboard. Uh, you're you're talking about all the the things that that don't sit right with it. Like at every single stage, like they forgot to fucking sign a lease with the team. Like like the way this is, the whole thing is done. Is is that is is everything we've been talking about earlier? It is a combination of big business marketing, targeting as many people as possible rather than the ones that matter. Yeah, um, it, it is a. They're they're also like they're really not. I don't know that they're, they're at every level like they're just doing big things because they're like whatever we're we're we're, we're doing big things. Yeah, they're not trying to do the big things well. Like mm-hmm. that's why we got something that looks like you know a, a shipping container on on I don't know what steroids and crack like, <laughs> like David David we have fair poles. Everybody else has foul poles, but because we're the home of the smiley face, we have fair poles. Fair, fair poles? That's that's what makes that's one of the differences of the Worcester Stadium. What, is, what the fuck is a fair pole? That is progressive, is what it is. <laughs> you really, I'm not joking. This is really no, yeah, this yeah. is one of the things they tout. Yeah. So there's a pole in the in both right and left field that. The top of shows, the yeah, yeah. Face, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There's that too, but in every stadium, there are these poles, and those are yeah. called foul poles because if they sp- the ball falls outside, it's foul. Because they're the smiley face, they wanted to emphasize the positivity. <laughs> they <laughs> designated their foul poles as fair poles. Fair so, poles. in other words, if it's inside, it's fair. It's yeah. always if it's inside, it's fair. But it's just 
they decided they decided to it yeah up. they're like we're not we're not gonna focus on the foul we're gonna focus what on the, the bear. goddamn fuck this is their marketing and it's plan? the it's the isn't that the Wormtown smiley face too uh, it's not the Wormtown Worm brewery Town. it's the um oh fuck me running I, hold on it's the Harvey Ball smiley face oh it's, it's that one it's that one okay 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 yeah for some reason I thought it was theirs I was like damn how much they pay for that they, they don't no no have, seventy have, something bucks I don't they know don't, if they have do they have I, I want to say they or do they use the Harvey Am I ball? tripping? Like maybe I don't I'm, know. maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. But I, I'm like seeing Wait, a smiley so face. Does it have the same size pupils? <laughs> Wormtown? No. Wormtown? No. Well, then maybe it is the Harvey one. Wormtown. I think they do use the Harvey ball one. No, they do. They do. They do. You can lease it out. Harvey's the balls family is Wormtown. Be open. Wait. So this, yeah. This see, they do. They do have a smiley name? face. So like, I didn't yeah. think there was a. I didn't think there was any kind of patent on it. There, so it's open. It depends on how you want to use it, right? Uh, like there is an agreement with the Harvey Ball family, like Charlie Ball and his crew, and Worcester Wears, that Worcester Wears can make and sell anything they want with the smiley face. Wow. There is a little bit of a protection on it, I think, in terms – it gets really fucking dirty because there's another company operating in Europe, and they're the ones that like – sell their version of the smiley face and they're the ones yep. that sold it to Joe Boxer and Joe Boxer's smiley face is different than Harvey Ball's smiley it's a whole fucking spooky. thing spooky bro we can I've spent too much time smiley reading face rabbit hole yeah dude but, but this <laughs> sounds like the kind of thing that like unfortunately because like if we're losing so for example uh, you know Birdo's obviously a good example of where this is not going to happen but let's say Birdo and I had a falling out and he wanted to open Hamilton Computer Repairs regardless of the fact that I'm no longer on board I don't know if there's anything I can do in this particular moment to stop him. I mean, obviously, I've been operating it for 11 years, but then I would have to spend a lot of money to show that. I guess yeah. so. That, so uh, I guess where I'm going with this is... It would depend on what the agreement is on paper. No, no, that's what I'm trying to say. If he just wanted to say whatever... No, let's say we didn't have an agreement and he wanted to open a shop called Hamilton Computer Repairs that was blue and green and offered Hamilton, and offered computer repairs. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't have... like I could, haven't trademarked it. I could probably sue. You, yeah, but you would have long standing in the community. You could still make a viable case on market confusion. But mostly, where I'm going with this is the solution Sorry. is trademarking uh, ahead of time. If I'm not mistaken, I mean but, that's the easiest way out of it. Yeah, yeah, but like, but uh, even not rock solid. Even so, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, how can we? You I, I, in situations with big organizations like this, is there a? I mean, your, yours is different because you sold it to them. They just managed to get a really good deal because they didn't tell you what they were going to do with it. Basically, yes. Yeah. Uh, and because, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. But, and the um, Los Huepas thing, like, that to me is all the reasons why I hate design by contest. Because yeah. you right. end up activating a bunch of designers, and it's such an absurd thing to do to <laughs> offer up creativity because we don't value it the same way we value other things. Yeah. And the example that I love giving is you can't walk into six different restaurants and ask for different meals, have the chef make you different meals, sample each meal, and then only pick one chef to pay. That's a fucking absurd thing to yeah. want to do, yes. yet we're doing it with creatives every day. Every day. Yep. I mean, that's what portfolios are for, so people can see previous work that is about different things. Um, but, but I think I see this kind of thing in, in Facebook groups all the time, people being like, hi, I'm, I've got this blah, 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 they're looking for me to design something for them ahead of time as a potential applicant, and they're a big blah, blah, blah. I, I've realized how many different big businesses are surviving off of that. Like, you know, it's like effectively like they're eating off of sample plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, it's bad business. And yeah. They're not yeah. Saying, exactly. It's, it's frustrating. So, and that, I mean, if we're circling this whole fucking thing back up to the design company, we recognize those types of situations. If people come to us asking about a price first, 
sorry, we're just not. We're, it's, this isn't yeah, going to work. Not going to work, fam. Yeah, because it's just it's no offense. Everybody has a budget. You have to play to your budget. But if that's your main concentration, you're just not ready to work. It's not with the this. right fit. Yeah, it's not the right fit. So. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. All right, no. dudes, I am starving. Yeah, <laughs> fair no. enough. Yeah. That was that was a good way to circle so, it all back. Before we uh, actually end, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, where can they uh, buy your merch? Best way to find me is travisduda.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at hunchbacktravis, uh, hunchbackgraphics.com for the company website, uh, Woot Nanny Comedy, or twitch.tv slash Woot Nanny Comedy. Just look up Woot Nanny on Twitch. That's what I did. Yeah. Woot Nanny. Yeah. I'm out there. Find me around Worcester. I, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Genuinely. We didn't talk about No Jerks Network, which is some other thing that I want to kind of get in your ear about. I'm also really excited to be fostering this new uh, kind of connection with David. And now you, yeah. like, uh, I want to find other individuals like us trying to connect and to lift up voices and to do cool shit let's take another five to ten tonight then about that because i i want to and i'm in the process of figuring out the best way to start a group for effectively people you know neurodivergent people in their mid-30s who are trying to have a big better impact on the world around them yeah and uh, uh, this does become some level of an organizational thing but and i don't know what our goals are going to be but yeah, I think it's like the Secret Sucker Society or something. Yeah, and we have exactly. like fucking once a month meetings, right, and we just talk hey, about ways to make things better. What are we gonna do this time? It could like be that. good. I I, like I, uh, I don't know if I'd want to be the one. Uh, short answers: Yes, that could be amazing. I need someone else to to be the one uh, to run hurt, it, hurting those cats. Yeah, fuck yeah. Same. So that's <laughs> right. a little bit. All right. Someone will hurt. Thank the you sheep. for listening to me talk. Absolutely, All right, friends. Thank you so much for having you. It's been this is a fantastic episode. Peace.